Macho Man, the world's first and only movie talk show podcast, baby. A world where the limits of reality are your own imagination, which is apparently limited entirely to references from other, you know, better movies. (laughs) (laughs) My name's Andy with me as always, pushing the limits of your will to live, Muller. Muller, Muller, pants on Muller. Wouldn't want to be Muller. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I, don't okay. think, I don't think anybody does. That's pretty good. <laughs> With us as well, pushing the limits of sexual misconduct. Braden. Touch my calves with your eyes, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Not a piece of meat. <laughs> uh, so there was an article recently in the Daily Wire titled, Dear People Who Won't Shut Up in Movie Theaters. Oh, You're the worst. Isn't the Daily Wire like Ben Shapiro's website? Yes. Well, this is not by Ben Shapiro. This I know, is but by that's his site. Jared right? okay. Seichel, Sichel or something like that. Some sort of foreign name. Um, <laughs> so he, he goes on to... Uh, I, I wonder what the slant of this article is, uh, first of all, this news piece. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so he goes on to talk about all these movies that he's seen. He goes, yeah, you know, I was in that movie, uh, Jackie Chan, The Foreigner. Um, and rows behind me, there's young children, uh, you know, making a ruckus uh, with their parents. And, and I think, well, it's not the kid's fault. It's the parents' fault for bringing their kids to an R-rated Jackie Chan movie. Uh, man, what, what a bunch of inconsiderate people. And then I went to go see this movie, Hostiles. Uh, and uh, behind me the whole time, this husband's whispering to his wife until we shushed him, and I felt real proud of that. And then I went to go see the new Death Wish movie uh, with uh, Bruce Willis, and there was this couple whispering behind me in Spanish. Uh, so this is, uh, this is right from the article. When I shushed the couple and gave them the we're watching a movie here hand motion, the woman looked at me as if I pulled a chewed piece of gum off the bottom of my shoe and popped it in my mouth, which is exactly how a narcissist would react. How dare you? She gave me all these dirty looks and is tapping her foot uh, all the way through the movie and as some sort of revenge. Here's an idea for you, Jared. Maybe you shouldn't just go see so many fucking shit movies all the time. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to see Death Wish, 17% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Maybe if you went and saw some movies that were actually any good, people wouldn't be talking through them the whole time. <laughs> Maybe if you got a little better taste in movies, you he, idiot. He listed just a bunch of trash. He just said, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was going to see the, the new Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory <laughs> movie, and there are all these kids talking through it. Oh, man, what a bunch of inconsiderate people. I definitely, uh, I, I try to keep my mouth shut during, the, during movies in the theater, but uh, I definitely, if it's a movie that I just don't give a fuck about, such as possibly a movie we might be talking about <laughs> later on, I, I practically just don't care. If it's a movie that, that I just have absolutely zero respect for her. I won't like talk super loudly over it but I, I definitely don't uh, make as much of an effort to uh, be dead silent as I would during an actual good movie though this reminds me of a story uh, quite a while ago uh, me and a buddy we went to see it was on New Year's but it was like just before people were about to come over for New Year's so we had like a couple hours to kill so we figured let's go to the theater and watch whatever garbage is in and the <laughs> only like the best movie it was like that that Keanu Reeves movie is like Ronin 47 or mm-hmm. whatever. Ronin 69. Yeah, something like that. We just went and see it just because, just a time to kill. We had no expectations of it. I had no plans to see it. I don't even think I knew it was a movie before going to see it. But uh, so anyway, we're at the theater. 
and it's not during the trailers, but you know how before the trailers they play like the shitty like trivia and mm -hmm. car ads and that sort of junk. And that's just, you know. Cell phones, you said. Cell phones, car ads, and Coca-Cola. Coca that, those are all the ads that they play. And shitty, extremely easy movie Tampon. Uh, <laughs> guards. Um, so this is not like, the, light, the lights haven't even been dimmed. This is just while people are entering and, and taking a so seat. So the ads before the trailers the haven't ads, even started. The ads before. The so me lights, and, oh, wow. Yeah, me and my buddy were talking. I don't, I don't remember about what. I don't think it was anything egregious or offensive or anything like that. Uh, and not talking like super loud. Like I'm not a you yeah. know crazy, like party animal, obnoxious dude, especially sitting in the theaters. Uh, and there's these people uh, sitting like right in front of me. And now I'm chuckling to myself because now that I think about it, they were totally baby boomers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I okay, missed the segment there, Andy. Um, no, I don't think this is a typical. This is off segment baby, boomers. baby boomer talk. But, so this one guy, he. I mean, this might be hard to describe over a podcast, but he looks back at me and with just this, like he slowly turns his head back, like clearly, like tilts forward so I can see him a bit, then slowly t tilts his head back and starts to scowl at me. And his wife notices because he's being like super blatant about it. And uh, she says, uh, oh, honey, what are you doing? Because she, I think she, she's like, oh, you know, don't, don't cause a thing. We're not like being super obnoxious or anything. And then he says, oh, you know, I'm just sorry. I thought, you know, we we're trying to watch the movie here. <laughs> now remember, this is just during the shitty Coca-Cola and cell phone ads and shitty movie trivia. So I just say very blatantly, oh, I didn't realize this was the movie. <laughs> That's all I said. And I think, uh, I think his wife subdued him enough because she didn't want to get in a kerfuffle. But it was so ridiculous. It's not like we were yelling. Yeah. Like, this fucking, this idiot boomer is just like, I'm trying to watch the shitty trivia. And these people are talking. Can you believe these people are talking over the car and Coca-Cola ads? Well, who cares? I didn't think anybody cared about that. I even think, like, you're still... I think it's totally acceptable to be even talking during the trailers, in my mind. Like, there's just stupid movie trailers. Who mm -hmm. cares? But, but the Coca-Cola ads and shit, like, who fucking cares? He probably you thought you guys loser. are just going to do that the whole movie. So he's like, if I assert Maybe. my dominance early, they won't talk during the movie. Nice That's dominance. Exactly what he was a bunch thinking. of passive aggressive uh, yeah, comments. Exactly. Really dominated me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but this is like I've never experienced anything like that. Who cares if people? Everyone's talking over that beginning pick because nobody, nobody cares about the shitty movie trivia, except for this one fucking loser. And like I said, it's not like we're, like we were being super obnoxious or loud or kicking a seat or I don't recall saying anything offensive or anything though i talk about a lot of weird shit so maybe i wasn't just didn't notice but <laughs> so 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 jared continues on uh in this to talk about uh the one of the couples and you know he shushes he shushes the guy and really asserts his dominance excuse me i thought we were watching a movie here and his wife looks mortified he says she told him too nicely in my opinion to not talk but why did she let him blabber for 30 minutes? Isn't she embarrassed to be seen with him? Why is she even dating or married to him? Repeated rejection by women is one of the most effective socializers of antisocial men, which means this guy is screwed. This guy okay. is. This guy is reading this a bit too hard. Like, yeah, it's this is what he read out of this guy who's yeah. just who's just a little noisier than he'd like in the theater, and he's like, this guy's antisocial. Uh, you know, he needs repeated rejection to fit into our evolutionary hierarchy, and just like, like, what the hell is he talking yeah, it's about? Like, I, I'm kind of like I'm with him in a sense. It's annoying if people talk through a movie that you're trying to watch, but. Are you going to go home and write an article about that? Like, 
you're the loser here. Yeah. yeah well, that's. I mean, like I said, I, 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 I can't, as much as I might do it from time to time, I can't condone being an obnoxious asshole during the movie, but I don't know. It's just something you got to come to terms with. You go to a movie theater, there might be other kids there. There might be people talking like, and it might annoy you. And I think it's totally fine to be annoyed, but you're going to go home and write an article about it. Well, he goes on to say that, he, that this it's made been a slow news week he, at the he, Daily Wire. Yeah, yeah. This made him, he's like, I was steaming for four days and which, you know, which got me to write this article about it. And it's like, so this is basically just a journal entry of you talking about being being mad. It's like, hey, new Daily yeah. Wire episode. You know, guys who give you swirlies in middle school, you're the worst. And he just, <laughs> just, just writes some explainer article because he's mad that somebody bullied him in middle school or something. <laughs> like, like, it's, like it's just expressing your, your immediate, your immediate what thoughts. Are, what are they doing writing about this on the Daily Wire? I thought the whole website was just like, like how we can find a way to blame liberals for anything and everything. <laughs> everything I see on that site. Yeah, so I, I just love I love talking about this and then extrapolating. It's like, well, let's talk about some reasons why this might be happening. You know, we have a narcissism epidemic in America happening right now where people think that, you know, they're so important that they don't need to consider other people. And, hey, have you ever thought that maybe you just don't need to consider people who like shitty movies? Yeah. <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> like some better movie. You know what's a really effective increasing people's likes in movies uh, talking through bad movies so that they try to go see better movies and mm -hmm. you know it's an effective socializer <laughs> of anti-social men well, maybe, I don't know, maybe he's the narcissist for thinking that he can just go out into public and expect everyone around him to bend to his standard of acceptable behavior. It's not like they're, you know, causing fights or whatever. They're just kind of talking during a movie. Yeah, you shouldn't do it, but well, it sounds like, you might be the like he might be the narcissist for expecting everyone to bow down to his standards. Well, I might be the narcissist here, but you know what really is, that is what the problem? <laughs> yeah, you know what you know what really is the problem here is that in America people just don't know how to speak up anymore. They you know they can't just they're too afraid of being uncomfortable for two seconds to say anything, so they'll all just put up with it. Or maybe nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It may, maybe maybe there's a lot of other people who are like, yeah, you know, I'm just seeing The Foreigner with Jackie Chan. Like, uh, I don't need to quiet someone yeah. down to see Jackie throw those fish around and hit that guy in the <laughs> face with a bunch of chalk erasers. Exactly. I don't need to hear every, like, slurred English word he says to get what's happening. <laughs> you, know? you know, I saw, speaking, so when I saw a movie, uh, Eastern Promises, back when it came out, like, 12 years ago. Or so whatever. I wouldn't talk through that movie. And it, yeah, so I saw a good movie where people, uh, David Cronenberg gangster movie, awesome. And this group of, it was like these two like gangster bros and their hoes or whatever they call them, <laughs> or whatever the kids are calling them. And they're like totally not the movie for them. And they were sitting a few rows in front of us. There wasn't anyone else in the theater. And they just talked the whole time, the whole movie. They wouldn't shut up. And about 45 minutes to an hour in, the one, the leader, the alpha, the group, whatever, stands up and goes, this movie sucks. Let's get our money back. And they walk out. And I was like, oh, good. The problem fixed itself. <laughs> and uh, the funny part is he walked out like minutes before the the brutal bathhouse uh, oh, knife yeah. fight. Mm -hmm. Can't you only get is, your money back within 30 minutes? That's what I've heard. I yeah. have no idea. But of, yeah. Of the start of it? They seem pretty anyway, good. I imagine it would differ, differ from theater to theater. But most of the cineplexes, I think that's the rule. 
I don't know. Why I, I don't know. It's like I'm, I'm kind of with the guy with what he's saying. It's like, yeah, you shouldn't be talking during a movie just to be courteous to other movie watchers. But at the same time, I don't know. You're going to write an article, but you got to expect there's going to be some jerks out there. I don't condone me being a mouthy asshole while watching the movie we watched last night. <laughs> yeah, we heard a little. <laughs> sorry. We're talking sometimes the whole time. I'm going to be a jerk. It's going to happen. And uh, sorry, but you don't, I, yeah. no need to go home and write an article about well, it. Well, here's what I think. If we're watching a movie like the one we did last night that we'll be talking about, oh, spoiler teaser, what's that, what's that called? If you were going to walk out of that movie and you were going to and talk about how much you liked that movie, I hope we ruined it for you. There's I, I, I hope we yeah. soured that experience so that you leave. If you're like, oh, that's a 9 out of 10, I hope you leave being like, you know, that's a 7 out of 10. You know, I still kind of liked it. I, I hope that your experience was ruined if you're liking dog crap like this. Yeah, my, my point being is I, I would never try to sit down and uh, tell you why I'm right for the reasons for talking like a jackass over this mm -hmm. movie that you loved, but the reality is like sometimes I'm going to be a jerk. I'm not going to try and justify it, but it's going to happen. <laughs> so that yeah. brings so me to our most hated movie ever. <laughs> oh my God. Of the week. Of the week. This is the soonest we've ever gotten into this segment at uh, one time. No, maybe. Da, 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 da. Ready Player One. <laughs> Ready Player One, Steven Spielberg's new hit masterpiece, uh, nostalgia fest, video game uh, reference. It's like Raiders of the Lost Ark, but in on speed. Yeah, it's like imagine a movie that's not even really a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it's that's, and that's the movie. <laughs> so the popular criticism of the movie um, is... is well, I guess the popular criticism of the book, uh, which translates totally into the movie, uh, is that it's just a big stream of references to pop culture. Yeah. Um, so I want to I want I'm going to quickly illustrate this with the uh, with, with a chap uh, a paragraph from from the book that this movie's based on. So um, uh, here we go. Uh, so. Standing on the left side of the runway was my battle-worn X-Wing fighter. Parked on the right side was my DeLorean. Sitting on the runway itself was my most frequently used spacecraft, the Vonnegut. Max had already powered up the engines, and they emitted a low, steady roar that filled the hangar. The Vonnegut was a heavily modified Firefly-class transport vehicle modeled after the serenity in the classic Firefly TV series. The ship had been named the Kaylee when I'd first obtained it, but I'd immediately rechristened it after one of my favorite 20th century novelists. Its new name was stenciled on the side of its battered gray hull. I looted the Vonnegut from a cadre of Oviraptor clansmen who had foolishly attempted to hijack my X-Wing while I was cruising through a large group of worlds in Sector 11 known as the Whedonverse. That's after Joss Whedon. Yes. The Whedonverse. God. Uh, yeah, this is like this is this is what this is what I'm talking about when I say it. it's it's not even really a movie. What you just read, it's like that's not even really a novel. This is just a list of things that the guys like that the, 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 the guy that the author likes that he somehow like put words in between to form a sentence. Like I, it's not it's not a story. It's not anything. It's just you write, might as well have written a book called "These Are Things That I Like." And it's just a bullet point list of these things are things that, that you like uh, yeah. that, that that you'll like. 
Um, Maybe he just is really bad at adjectives and he like, <laughs> doesn't know how to describe things. Yes, I, it re- it really made me think reading this about uh, that episode of The Office where Angela does a does a Mad Lib. Yeah, and and so, so she goes, the nice man went into the, yes, the most nice building. And had a good time. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just the the lamest Mad Lib you've ever you've ever yeah. seen in your life. The cat was folding its laundry or something, and she's like, "It's hilarious. Cats can't fold laundry. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most uninteresting thing." <laughs> it's. I, I got to say, like, I could not help but think while watching this movie. I was, I was dead tired while watching this movie. I just, like, I start very early at my work and then we went and saw the movie almost right after. I had like an hour between uh, getting off work and going to see this movie. So I was dead tired. And, oh, uh, commando reference. <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> um, I have to say, this, this is perhaps the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I fucking hated this movie on such a level. You can, you can, you can say there are movies that are technically worse, that are just more boring, that are, Again, just technically worse movies that you know don't make sense, or maybe the acting's truly terrible, or whatever. This movie's not bad on that level. It's worst. It's the worst movie I've ever seen on the level that of how much I fucking hate it. I hated it so much. I was so aggravated the entire time. I went into it on a sour in a sour mood. Like I didn't think that I was gonna <laughs> like it just based on the trailers and what I had heard about the book, and that it was just gonna be uh, aping off of you know popular uh, franchises and pop culture and whatnot. So I kind of didn't. Have I didn't go into it in a in a positive mindset, but they did nothing to subvert my expectations. It actually like dipped lower than my expectations. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the popular thought is that oh, the movie seems like it's just going to be a stream of references, but it's actually a little better than you think. It's not great, but yeah. it's it's still pretty good because it reviewed fairly decently. Well, it's got seventy six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it was lingering around like eighty percent before the movie before this weekend. So that's what I was seeing and thinking. Okay, maybe he took. Uh, pretty shitty, just like referencey sort of source material, and then, but actually, you know, it's Spielberg. Like he knows how to direct a movie, mm-hmm. uh, so maybe he strung out something Ma- from it. And it's better than you would expect, given the source material. It's not. It's worse. Maybe it's this movie, much, much worse. <laughs> maybe this movie was actually directed by Steven Spielberg's. Yeah, and nobody <laughs> and nobody noticed that he's just an imitator of Steven. Because it, it, nothing about this movie makes would indicate that Steven Spielberg directed it. It's bizarre. It. Yeah. No, like yeah, there's there's no heart and personality or charm. There's no none of that. Like there's no hallmark of what he's known for. There's none of that like upbeat cinematic score or anything. Like there's just no charm to it. I think Steven Spielberg, and other than a few movies like Schindler's List or whatever, you think charm. Like you think of like a kids' mm-hmm. adventure style thing. That's what I think of when I think of Jaws. Charm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I said other than a select few. Yeah, I think if he had just scrapped Ready Player One and did a Schindler's Less sequel, it would have been more fun. <laughs> that one, yeah, that would have had more charm than, than what we than what we saw yesterday. So, um, I want to quickly, I want to see if I can overview the plot as high level as okay. I can because it's yeah. it's such a convoluted mess. But but the 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 basic structure is there. Um, Go. It's 2040 something. You know, it's. I said 2045. 2045. Should have gone for the even 2050. That's the future, though. And everybody lives in a VR world. Um, That's it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody lives in the (laughs) VR world called the Oasis. And uh, so it shows it. You know, a decent establishing shot where it shows this guy in a trailer park. But in the future, trailer parks are vertical trailer parks, so all the trailers are stacked on top of each other, like an apartment building. Yeah, like I an guess. apartment building. But it, apparently, it's more. 
convenient to make an apartment out of a bunch of dirty old trailers that you just stack on top of mm-hmm. each other instead of just building a square <laughs> building. Like they're not, they're kind of crooked on top of each other. And I'm like, this doesn't seem very secure. And it seems harder to do than to just have built the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, and then, and so, but they scroll up and everyone's in their living room and they've got their VR glasses on. And I remember thinking when I'm doing this, I'm like, okay, so this is the future 20 something years into the future. Like this is just today. This is no different than what we have today. It's like it's a bunch of people in their living room on their smartphones, like, well, you, 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 or watching TV. <laughs> the only difference is that they their TV is in a headset form, which we have today. We have VR. It's a common commercial product at this point. People we know have VR headsets. Yep. I bought a six dollar VR headset that my phone plugs into from Walmart. It works pretty good. I could probably interact with all the things in the exact same way they do. But in the future. It's exactly the same as it is today. <laughs> Nothing has really changed. This is immediately where they just got off on the wrong foot right from the get-go, is that they, they talk about, I don't know if it was like a little bit of dialogue or, or a text thing, or maybe I just read it after on Wikipedia because I was confused about it. They In the movie, they say that there's some kind of energy crisis and that this is a future dystopia and that no one can work and, 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 re- and just be out in the environment or something. They, they said they Bernie Sanders got elected and now like, nobody has a job. I think they did gloss over it in the movie, but it's not really depicted well. Everything it's seems... Not. The guy lives in a trailer park. It happened, Like you said, they happen to be stacked, but, you know, trailer parks are It's just thing. a trailer park, yeah. It's no poor, different than today. Poor, poor communities living in, you know, shitty <clears throat> houses is a thing. Like, that's not different. They don't show anything about any kind of energy crisis. So the whole premise of the movie is that everyone spends their time in this VR world called the Oasis to get out of... To get out of to the get real out of world. The real world, which is just so shitty and inhospitable, but they don't really show how inhospitable it is, other than that he lives in a, a fancy trailer. And park. and the deepest theme in this movie is escapism. Like what you just said and the way that you said yeah. it is exactly how he says it in the movie, and that's the deepest they get at any point in this movie is oh, people are trying to escape the real world by going into the television. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't. Like, what is this premise? Like, this is this is like a hundred years old premise. Yeah. Like, that this isn't. People used to use books. Or it, still use books for that, and then it, it became yeah. It's the lamest yeah. slapdick social so I gotta, commentary. I gotta ever. really spell out how much they got off on the wrong foot here, because they say there's an energy crisis, but everyone's in these these crazy VR headsets, and then they actually go out into the world, and you can see cars driving around. What kind of energy crisis is happening here to power all well, these? <laughs> like, there's just a mass amount Everything of. Electric- Works great. <laughs> Everything seems to work fine. They show you like a corporation's building inside, and it just looks like a corporate building today. It doesn't look yeah. run down. Except it's more advanced. What the hell? Energy crisis. I'll tell you what happened in the opening monologue. The kids talking about all the thing, all the disasters that oh he survived, gosh, uh, and he's like, God, this. he's like, we survived the corn syrup shortage and the bandwidth wars. The bandwidth wars. <laughs> <laughs> what is that even? I want details on the bandwidth <laughs> wars. <laughs> Here's the thing. Prequel. If the movie was tongue in cheek enough and that was supposed to be like a silly thing, you could make a funny comedy out of that. That's totally out of that. the dialogue. bandwidth wars. It sounds like it's out of a shitty Wayans Brothers yeah. totally. like parody movie. This movie's already a parody of itself yeah. right when it started. Opening minute. I mean, yeah, Muller, we were just the, the dying first laughing. second the movie starts, jump by Van Halen. <laughs> dent, dent, yeah. dent, dent. I'm like, we immediately started laughing. Yeah, like, while he's painting like this dystopic... Uh, 
world. Jump by Van Halen's plane. It's really weird. Like it's really just any popular eighties like, song. I I was like I, I you guys were chuckling a lot throughout like just chuckling how stupid it was and just how mm-hmm. like obviously pandering the movie was. Like I was so tired I couldn't even. I was just aggravated immediately. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't understand what is this energy crisis where there's mass amounts of electricity being pumped through all of like yeah. everyone because everyone's in this in this VR world and then they go outside and they they walked you know they they show them like walking down the streets and and they're able to like breathe and live in the environment it's not like <laughs> crazy like dust storms like in yeah. Mad Max have like taken over the land or whatever what what crisis so immediately immediately wrong there's, there's just- no there's no crisis at all and so con- considering that the deepest theme they had was escaping your real life they did a really poor job of establishing that real life was such a bad place exactly. to be yeah. at Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's in essence what I'm saying. There is a part later in the movie without getting too far into it where the one of the main characters escapes this headquarters thing and she runs around the block and it just looks like she's in downtown Vancouver. It's just like there's skyscrapers and cars driving down the street. And I was it, looks like, a little, it looks a little dirty. Like it doesn't look like, like the super yeah. It just looks like you're of, in Detroit. It doesn't even look that bad. I'm not even trying to insult Detroit when I say that. I just mean it just looked like not the dirtiest parts of Vancouver, but also not the cleanest. It's like, eh, just kind of just a, street, a regular just a street part. in Vancouver. There's some newspapers floating around and that's about it. So not exactly a dystopia. Dude, I take every chance I can to insult the city of Detroit. I even made a <laughs> I made a Facebook status making fun of Chris Cornell the day after he killed himself. Because so like, my status, I put I was like I got I got to I got to jump on this while it's hot. And all I put because they played their Detroit show Soundgarden and then he, he killed himself in his hotel room. And all I put <laughs> and I thought it was super funny. And all I put was. If I had to spend a night in Detroit, I'd kill myself too. <laughs> and uh, you didn't not, not a lot Chris of people. Pe- at all. You no, just that's all that. I said. <laughs> and not a lot of people like that. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, <laughs> um, so there's the guys who invented this VR world are basically Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. <laughs> Who invented uh, Apple? Like, yeah, kind of. One of them mixed in with VR. One of them yeah. is, one's Michael Fassbender. Yeah. One's Ashton Kutcher. One of them is just a retarded guy, like a savant. Uh, yeah, you know, Rain He's definitely Man presented style. as like an like a high functioning autism. He is the funniest. He was the only likable character in this movie. Yeah. as a retarded guy, which is great. I, you know? I, I, I even felt like, and I was him. I was grumpy when watching. At best, I felt indifferent. <laughs> he said some funny stuff. Um, and then yeah, and then Simon Pegg is like the Steve Jobs yeah. businessy guy or whatever. And they invented this VR world. So so when the retarded guy, uh, what's his name, Juniper Jasmine? Who cares? I, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. Remember. Holiday something. Holiday. It was Holiday. Yeah. That was his last name. Nah, it's yeah. Jasmine. Man. Um, so, okay. so when he when he dies, it releases this video out into yes. the oasis, saying, "I've hidden three keys throughout the oasis, and if you find them, you'll get half a trillion dollars." It took like ten minutes to explain this whole thing. Yeah, anyway. it was so. Con- I was like, I should be taking notes because I can't remember any of this. And it's, it's very much a Willy Wonka styled yes. premise where it's yep. like people are trying to find clues to find out, and then there's a challenge <laughs> that they have to complete. And then when the when the main character actually gets through all the challenges and 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 wins the money, he he's like, oh, you should sign this contract to win the money. And then the kid's like, no, I, I this is a test. You wouldn't want someone to sign contracts. I know who you are. You're a you're a savant you're guy. An, you're not. You're an idiot. 
Yeah, you're an idiot. I don't want people signing contracts, you know, getting a transaction down on paper so you can prove it can happen so they In don't, the law, they don't yeah. massively <laughs> screw you over later and you have and it's just your word against theirs, so you're completely fucked. Yeah, nobody should sign yeah, contracts. Yeah, you should be a good person and just take people on their word when they're promising to give you half a trillion dollars. So we should say to, just to paint the picture with the story, that yeah, there's these three keys in the virtual world and everyone's trying to get it, much like you said, like everyone a, in the world like wants a Willy it. Wonka style thing. Like even yeah, like big corporations are competing for it. And it's been going on for, I think at the beginning of the movie it's been going on for quite a while, like at least a decade. Because no two. one no one can find Because no one the... can get the first key at all. And like I said, there's all these companies and whatnot trying they're just it, pooling this is all their exactly Willy Wonka. Yeah, that kind of exact is, premise dude. is in it. They have companies buying chocolate bars in Willy Wonka and they just have a bunch of Mexican ladies like at, you know in the in the line tearing open the chocolate bars looking for a golden ticket. This movie is just a yeah. huge rip off of Willy it's Charlie and Only the Chocolate without Factory, right? Any of the heart and charm. None of the heart Instead and charm. Instead of the heart and, and charm, it's replaced with 80s and 90s pop culture it's, references. So what's the main character's name in this movie? I don't uh, know. It's something with a Z. It's like Zeke. Z no, that's his That's his avatar. Yeah, I don't Wade. know what his real name is. Oh, oh yeah, it's Wade. His real name is Wade. Wade Watts? Yeah. Oh, man, I, I can't believe I wow. That's a reference to something, right? It's a reference to Wade Watts. Well, it's just Wade's world. <laughs> I think it's he says this in the movie. It's just a reference to how Marvel characters are always like a, an alliteration, like Peter Parker or, uh, or like that was a really common thing. With it's a Marvel reference characters. to Marvel. Just what I need in another theater movie. Well, yes, I want to go please. see. You know, ninety percent of the theaters are full of Marvel movies, and then when I go to see a movie that's not a Marvel movie, we're just part of the Marvel universe, referencing more Marvel so movies again. This actually Great. this speaks a bit to the kind of quality of writing you can expect. They did that, which I'm actually fine with them having a character named William. Well, that was actually whatever. kind of subtle. Yeah, because it was subtle until he actually literally said it out to the audience. <laughs> the reason I'm named Wade Watts is because of uh, my dad was a big fan of Marvel, who often had characters named Peter Parker. Who often Bruce had characters like what I just named Spider-Man. That was literally a line in the movie. But I don't understand. You're trying to pander to this comic book crowd who would get that just from knowing that his name was an alliteration. But then you spell it out. This is really... Uh, insulting style writing I will say yeah. like I felt insulted watching this whole movie and uh, you're not even the person it's pandering to and I'm to. not the person it's pandering <laughs> no. to but I can see it like I have an understanding I remember watching you know superhero cartoons and shit growing up so I, I have an idea of what that like super nerd culture is about I understand mm -hmm. it I can get references like that uh, and I'm not yeah I'm not like I hate superhero movies I'm not yeah. way into it I, like I can't I don't understand how people who are way into it don't feel insulted. When, it, when it gets to the point where the character's literally saying, the reason I'm named Wade yeah. Wilson or Watts, whatever, is because <clears throat> blah, 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 blah. It was like, like they is, made the movie for aliens who know nothing about our Yeah, they're just reading culture. Wikipedia articles like, on, yeah. on When they explained culture. The Shining, do you guys remember how that went down? Well, when they, dude, when, I, we, we're going to have to get into that. <laughs> just the explanation. Yeah, anyway, yeah, we can go into that. But just I remember, over, I remember exactly. the over-explaining of everything was so egregious. So, I would say everything about this movie, from story to its presentation to its the ham-fisted commentary, was insulting to me. Like yes. If, that, if that's that's my 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 one uh, argument I'm trying to make is that this movie just felt insulting on all levels. I felt like it just got everything wrong. Mm -hmm. So the way that I would describe Ready <laughs> Player One, also the worst title I can think of for a movie, other than Press Start. 
Maybe that that would be another really bad movie title for a video yeah, game. Yeah, it's kind of like a really obvious video game reference, but it's also it's not really a reference to anything in the movie, other than that it's you know it's a very video game like world. But there's nobody. Well, they kept no, saying you know the the there's no VR player one in the, the world. The VR world's not meant to be played alone. You're meant to play with your friends. Did they say that? In the yeah, they they said it's it's oh, you're supposed yeah. to be social. <laughs> That um, was near the end, but they, it's they not said that. good to be play video games for eighteen hours a day. You should have friends. Mm. <laughs> oh, the message! It's helping me in, <laughs> with my life. All, uh, all the nerds who went to the theater by themselves are just feeling like garbage. There was a re- there was a real big fat nerd looking guy sitting in front the, of us. I in saw the he gave us great. a couple looks during yeah, the movie. <laughs> I didn't see. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> um, th- so this movie uh, to big fat nerdington sitting in front of us, I, I would describe is a, just a giant middle finger and the f- and it's a middle <clears throat> finger specifically to these nerds and fanboys who who love it so much and the middle finger is so big that they're just looking in on the on on the middle finger being like oh the graphics are so good on look at the textures on this <laughs> on this big rock and stuff and they no none of them bothered to take a step back and be like oh this is a big middle finger finger yeah. giving me the bird right now telling me to go fuck myself and I'm I such think an there's idiot. a certain there's a certain nerd fandom that is so oblivious to what's going on in front of them when what's going on in fr- like when whatever that thing is is the thing that they like. Like I I I, I compare it to uh, how you would kind of dangle keys in front of a baby and they, they <laughs> laugh and because it's this jingly shiny thing. It's like that's what some I hate to say like big corporation, but it's like these these studios that don't really care about the things that they're like the things mm-hmm. like Superman or whatever, whatever comic book character, they don't actually care. They're just taking it on its most superficial level and dangling it in front of these nerds and they're just like, aha, 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 that's a thing that I know. Like, oh, oh, yeah. oh my God, it's, oh, it's, it's on the big screen, but there's just <laughs> it's on the big screen. zero fucking substance to it. So, I mean, we're talking about comic book characters. Yeah. So seemingly like these characters have at least somewhat of a background and, and, and there's a person you can get behind written yeah. behind the character but this movie is not that in the slightest it is no. just dangling those characters or whatever references in front of your face for a second like it and is completely dangling keys in front of a, of a baby and this movie is what happens this is why we need to bring back nerd shaming because this is I a really, culmination I, I of nerd culture night. spinning completely out of control yeah I think so it's, it's almost in a way I don't think that uh, like these nerds realize that the bolt like the '80s bullies keeping them and li- keeping the nerd stuff in line was almost better for the nerd culture itself. Yeah, you're maybe not for them as people, yeah. but just for the culture, it kept <laughs> yeah. it in check so it didn't grow to this level of absurdity. Like yeah. it, there was a time when like you think about Lord of the Rings and you're like, okay, you know, dragons. It's real like stuff like dragons. It's like it's really nerdy stuff, but a dragon's inherently cool. Now it's just like this flashy thing that they can they yeah. can dangle in on, in front of the screen for a second that has just zero substance like there's nothing to it right like mm-hmm. the, like the i the look of a dragon isn't what makes it cool yeah like <laughs> like dragon oh, it's like oh it flies around and breathes breathing fire is so cool <laughs> like like it's like no it's it you know it represents it, it it represents this uh this it's like a metaphor for your life because you have to 
go and face dragons in your life and they, you know, they guard what's valuable, the, the princess or the treasure, and you have to, you know, and you have to fight against it in order to win something and, it, and it's something that has echoed out in your life. That's kind of what makes dragons interesting because they, it represents some, no, it's breathing fire, it's cool. Look at this, it's a lizard, it flies around. And that's, that's really basically the whole movie. So yeah. I, wanna, I wanna talk to you very specifically about, about the corporate uh, one of the one, the important corporate scene in this movie. So the whole premise, yeah, is, is Wade Watts is getting the keys and doing the challenges, uh, the three challenges, and on the other side, there's the big corporation who's going against him. Which let's, Led, uh, let's pause for just a second here, a bit of a tangent. It makes very little sense as to why this corporation would expel. <laughs> I have so many so questions about this, many by the way. Goddamn resources. So the prize was like, what did they say, half a trillion dollars or whatever? It's like, yeah, $500 billion. And these and are digital, like Bitcoin kind of dollars, right? It's not even digital. I think it's it's currency for inside the VR world. No, no, I think it's it. actually, I think it had a real monetary value. I think you value. can use it for real things. I yeah. think. Either way, uh, this cor- yeah. like billion a corporation dollars. that's worth billions is the amount, like the amount of money and resource they show these corporations using to win this prize that they've apparently been doing for like a decade or two with zero success. Like that means they've just been, just been dumping money, <laughs> dumping money into this thing for 10, 20 years and not winning the prize or even making any headway for the prize. Mm-hmm. Like what? No company, no successful company would be able to do this for this long. Who would continue doing that? It makes no sense. And then, but at the beginning of the show, that's not the only way to make money in the world. They show like people who play like these VR first person shooters and they make money doing that way, doing that. So this company has like, it shows them they have like, I don't know, hundreds of people strapped to these VR machines just basically trying to find this this secret key, these secret keys that are so hard to get. Couldn't they just mine for resources in games where it's just easy to make tiny snippets of cash? Like like the, like the shitty Facebook games that, that all moms play on Facebook. Like just have them play those kind of VR games. Make tiny make tiny chunks of money, but Our because middle. they're doing it with so many people, eventually they're bringing in yeah. large sums of money. Rather than spending decades trying to find these three keys, which they haven't well, even come close. Nobody even came close to finding well, one. That's what makes me think that it's not it's not the monetary value. It's the Easter egg, the the actual prize itself, like the thing that. Let you control the oasis. Yeah, you want to control no. the VR but world. The thing I don't get is at the end, and I don't, I don't give a crap. I suppose the uh, <laughs> the kid at the end get gets this Easter egg, and it's like basically all it does is give him the power to turn the game off whenever he wants. But it's like, why? Who? You don't what want value to turn is that so to you? I don't, I don't understand how I. IOI, I think is what they're called. Yeah, by the how way, how are they going to monetize I, that I, I power? Was the corporation. Uh, yeah, just because you can turn it off, like, well, you make people no, pay for I it. Think, then didn't they gain control over the Oasis? I guess that would make more sense. No, he just said you can turn it off. Yeah, so but I guess you so you'd be able to turn it off then. But then, so what do you do then? Do you have to do you make people pay it so you don't turn? Like, you I don't, ran, I don't you get ransom what they're, the Oasis what are to they, all the poor people in their trailer parks yeah. and see if they can. But ha- <laughs> having that power, like, how are they going to? Because you, you got to assume they're going to try and monetize it somehow. And it's like, how? What's their end game with that? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. By the way, I, IO is is a is a reference. <laughs> oh, that's like to, a pro, to that's, letters in our it's alphabet. A, it's a pro, it's like a programming <laughs> reference for like save files. I O I. It's, I, it's binary one zero one. Yeah, it's also a reference to binaries. Actually, the binary for five. Dude, I didn't know that. That's so. There's so many level layers. It's <laughs> it's on multiple layers. Uh, so many layers. So there's. There's a scene where Steven Spielberg literally, like, he gets on the screen. He, you know how sometimes you're, it's like one of those PSAs, and uh, and you're and you're watching the screen, and um, 
and then he like and he turns over from the side of the screen and he says you you may have seen all these starving african children and then he starts telling you the the public service announcement or the the charity thing right and and so there's a there's a scene in this movie where steven spielberg walks into the right into the middle of the screen and he says hey uh, you see all you idiot video game nerd morons uh coming to see this movie hey you guys are a bunch of retards and i just want you to know that this movie is a big joke on you uh and i'm just and and then he turns over and he pulls his pants down and he diarrheas all over the camera <laughs> are you talking about, are you talking about the, the end the ending scene no i'm talking i'm talking i'm talking right in the middle of the movie you don't remember that it was sub it was this subliminal thing where steven spielberg uh says that so the the head of this corporate the evil corporation guy, uh, he meet he meets up with the with the video gamer kid, uh, the the video the 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 kid whiz kid, uh, <laughs> and he, and Wade Watts whiz kid, and and he, and he says to him, I can give you if you come for work for me to find these keys, I'll give you a billion bucks and uh, a, a billion IOI bucks and, uh, and all the pee hole pleasures. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you give you your own personal prostitute and uh, lifetime supply of Imodium. So uh, you know, and uh, oh, it's just <laughs> living his fantasy right yeah. here. And, 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 and the kid says. Uh, the kid says, "No, I, I don't. Uh, you know, I, I really, I'm, I'm going to do it on my own. Or, or you can't, you can't trick me because you're just, you're just pretending that you care about video games. Because the kid really wants to see that the guy, that the corporation isn't an evil corporation. Uh, yeah. So this actually, I thought this was my favorite scene in the movie. This was, uh, I thought this. Homer Steven Spielberg shits all over the camera. The only scene where I thought." That's kind of brilliant. Not for the way they wanted it to be, but for what was kind oh, of yeah, going yeah. on in the in the subtext of it. Uh, this, yeah. So this kid doesn't trust him. He doesn't want to work for him because he doesn't think he's he actually cares about. He won't be things. a good steward of the oasis that he loves so but, much, like his Jurassic Park so then uh, figurines. The villain dude has uh, he has he's wearing a, a hidden earpiece and a team of like nerd people that work for him are just feeding him uh, video game references and what to say next in, in, in what the, the kid is actually saying. Well, the whiz kid. Well, how, how about this village in, in whatever? In this video game, do you know what that is? Prove that you love yeah. video games as nerd, much as I do. The nerds are like, yeah. no, that, 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 he's testing you. That village doesn't exist. Anyway, he's just testing him with these pop culture references. And I just thought, like, this is what the filmmakers of the movie are doing. <laughs> this villain yeah. is trying to to prove himself to be like to be relatable and oh yeah, I, I'm passionate about these things too. I love just pop culture off and back to the future. Pop, pop culture references. I lay my dog, Doc Brown, Dog Brown. I thought it was an amazing that's parallel because that's exactly what the filmmakers <laughs> were doing with this movie. Be like, yeah. oh yeah, we love these things. See here, look, it's the guy from Halo. Master Chief is in it. <laughs> I love those things. As if Steven Spielberg like I get, there's a few things like the DeLorean, and I think there was a there. I've, I've yeah, read he that might know was, that one. I read that there was a few like there was actually like Gremlins references, so things that he was directly involved with. He was the producer of both those movies. A lot of there's a lot of references to some of his early work, but then there was like that chick from the Overwatch video game with the stupid haircut, and and yeah, Master Chief from Halo, 
and the new Ninja Turtles. Steven Spielberg doesn't care about any of these things. He is literally just using them to exploit you to come see his dumb movie so yeah. he can make a whole bunch of movie. He's doing exactly what the villain was doing in the movie. I thought it was an amazing parallel. That's it's almost so blatant that I thought it might have like was this intentional? It's, it's genius. Like if were it is. we supposed to laugh at this? Because I I caught it immediately. I was like, it, that's incredible. It was absolutely intentional. That's why Steven Spielberg came onto the screen right after and explained it to you. He's like, this is what I'm doing to you. Look at my butthole. <laughs> it summed up. It's it perf that scene. Why it's so brilliant is that it perfectly summed up why the movie is so phony and and just bad and insulting. It's the perfect summary of it. Like, totally. this guy doesn't care about the kid. He doesn't care about, you know, making the Oasis a better place. And, and he, oh, he loves all these pop culture references, all that. He doesn't care about this. He's just exploiting this kid and his love for pop culture, just like the makers of the movie. It was it was brilliant. It it's is. the proverbial middle finger. It's the perfect, like, <laughs> summary of the whole movie. So... We should probably do a, do a segment before we continue on with the next part of it. So uh, why don't we do our baby boomer uh, baby boomers are shit of the week. I don't have a theme song for yeah, that one yet. We'll get there. Let's let's get some baby boomer hate on. Maybe we'll uh, all right, boys. Let's talk about some baby boomers. My. How are we introducing this? I'm just used to baby boomers are 55 to 70 my, years old, uh, and they yeah, do. That, this is, I think right, that's right okay. No, I'm thinking like my baby boomer of the week is. Yeah, 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 my baby. What do you boomer. hate about baby boomers? They can't use computers. <laughs> yeah, this is I think the classic one when it comes to baby yeah. Boomers. They got to start with the classics. And they have no idea what they're doing. I was helping a guy at my work, and this story basically could be like 20 other stories that I've dealt with. I was helping a guy at my work use one of our computers because he didn't have a computer at home. Uh-huh. So first, check. Uh, didn't even have a phone? No, he doesn't, he doesn't know what a phone is. And I'm just helping him uh, set... He has to set up some government ID, login, and password. Super easy thing he's got to do, and then he can go home. And so I'm like, yeah, just go over here. And it, unless I'm there like walking him through it, me saying, oh, yeah, just go in there, look for this, click on this, and it'll take you. I could say that to you guys, and you know what it is. Mm-hmm. So he goes over there and sits there. No idea. Like he, I think he's just staring at the computer. I'm like, oh. So I get up and walk all the way out there when I should be helping another customer get him going. I, then I go back to my desk for a little while. And then I notice he's kind of just staring at the computer again later. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Why does this fall on me? <laughs> I go back out there, and I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? He's like, ah, oh, I, I, I got this far, and then it just wasn't working. And then with the usual baby boomer excuse, oh, then it just froze or just closed or just <laughs> Yeah, it's whatever. always the technology's fault. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's go back to where you would have been. So I click on this, click on this. I'm like, okay, so now you got to type in your login and password, and then you just got to, then we're almost done. And he's like, hmm. I'm like, to, to do any of the things you just told me, you would have had to have set up a login and password like five or ten minutes ago. <laughs> what are you, what's your login and password? I don't even think he knows what I mean by login and password. <laughs> so he's like looking at his paper, which is just covered with scribbles and like random words and a, a couple of things. I he's think like I, working I, I, out his password. Yeah. He's like, I got to develop a cipher. I think he quickly wrote down the steps I gave him when he got to the desk. And it's kind of something I said to him at the bottom of it. And I'm like, oh, my Lord. I'm like, okay, so you would have had to set, did you pick your name? Did you pick, a, like, what did you do? Do you remember having to type in a Just password? Just put in your that first had a, name. Had a number in it, uh, a capital in it, yeah. and all this. Trying to jog his memory. So he goes, oh, that thing. Nothing. So he he's looking at his paper, and he just starts typing in things on this paper. And then... Finally, I said, okay, there's a, phone, there's a public phone here. Call these guys and they'll reset it for you. And man, like this is every 
experience I have with baby boomers. They have no yes. idea what they're doing with computers. They, and they, they're proud of it because I get other customers who come in to pay a bill and I'll just say kindly, hey, you know, you can, you can do this from home. You don't have to come into our busy office, wait half an hour just yeah. to pay your bill. And they're like, nah, I'm good. I don't like computers. I'm old the- school. And I'm like, no, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's just a waste of time. There's nothing inherently better about going to the office. Yeah. Like generally people... I like to pay my bills in person. When pre- people generally prefer the older way of doing things, usually it's because it's like, oh, something like, you know, things, certain things from the 70s were built better. Like an oven or something. Sure. Is, like it's built to survive a nuclear bomb from the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Now they, you know, they break down. It'd be stuff like that. I don't trust yeah. computers. Driving to the office versus just doing it in two minutes at, at home. Yeah, this is like... It's brutal, the man. The ineptitude that baby boomers have when it comes to like all things technology is especially frustrating. I think it's more frustrating than say... The previous generation, which I think they call the silent generation or the greatest generation, something like that. Yeah. You expect someone who's like 90 or 100 years old to not know how to work an email because by the time emails were a thing, yeah. they were already old. They but could have been boomers, dead from old age by the yes, time emails exactly. were a thing. So it's perfectly <laughs> acceptable in my mind yeah. for them to be bad at it. But baby boomers, by the time email was a thing, they were like, what, 35, like 40? Like, They're raising kids when computers came out. They could have learned it with their kids. Yeah, I don't, expect them, very easily. I don't expect them to be as good as kids who grew up like with right. the internet like they don't know a time before the internet but yeah the stuff like they don't know how a password works to an email Dude, like passwords concept, weren't invented with the concept of computers no. the idea of a password's been around for like for a while yeah. no <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll, I'll sometimes I'll be nice but yeah you know it's different when you grew up with computers because I you know we all did but Computers have been around. They've been available publicly for like 25 well, years. Well, and also you're not talking about like crazy, like like making a program or something. No. You're just talking about logging into an email in essence. I, I, basically, yeah. I, I have a funny story that's related to this. I remember we all uh, do. one time yeah. uh, I was at home. This is when I was living with my parents and we just had the family. I didn't have my own computer. We just had the family computer. Mm-hmm. And, it all, and it always had like, it always got to a point where it had a bunch of viruses and we would have to completely reboot the whole thing or reformat the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I remember my dad always getting super pissed at me. He's like, oh, you know, these things that you're downloading or games or whatever. Like, like, we have all these viruses and now our computer doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. You'd always get mad at me about these things. And I never really knew where our viruses were coming from because I was like, I'm not really doing anything crazy, I don't think. And then one time I saw my mom. And it's totally acceptable for me to trash talk her right now because she's a baby boomer and they don't know how the podcast works. So she'll never hear this. (laughs) (laughs) I remember I was on the on the how couch. great would, how great would it be if all of our listeners happened to be baby boomers and we just had <laughs> no data on that. Um, I remember I was sitting like on the couch fools. watching the TV, which our, our computer was in the same room as, and then looking over and seeing my mom. She was checking her email and just opening every single email, like including like clearly uh, like junk mail sort of things, just clicking on everything in it and reading everything. <laughs> I'm no like, clue. Gee, yeah. I fucking wonder where all our viruses are. Because, like, <laughs> Open attachment, display images, <laughs> like you, Vi- free Viagra. Like Great. The, it's like the equivalent of just walking out and it's like, yeah, I can I'll just walk out into the middle of traffic. Like are you, no <laughs> sense of that. Some, like you got to be cautious about the things you're using. Yeah, like especially when they know it's like our computer has like viruses and shit. Like we always, like every like, it felt like every six months we had to reformat the thing because it became so riddled with viruses and shit. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think that maybe like just willy-nilly click on everything you fucking see on web browsers <laughs> might be to do with that? Like, yeah, they have a certain <laughs> ineptitude when it comes to all things I'm technology. Just, it's brutal. It's I, so frustrating. It, my, my 96-year-old grandma, rest in peace, <laughs> used to 
email me. Like we emailed each other weekly. <laughs> and then if, if I had a customer who got a little out of line, you know, a little defensive with the tech thing, I'd say, hey, look, my 96-year-old grandma in Indiana, she can, she can send me an email. I think you can learn how to use a computer. <laughs> they, they didn't like that. But. I like the idea of your mom seeing uh, a, a subject line, girl power looking for man to settle. Uh, with an emoji in the subject line. Well, I'll, check, I'll open that up. I but. think she's like, oh, well, why would someone have sent this to me? There must, yeah. there must be something in here I'm supposed to know. As if like people are directly like, okay, Terry Narraway, I shouldn't have said her name, but this person is... <laughs> This person, they need, they need yeah. to see this. Like they're not sending it directly to you. You're just on a list of right, like right, a hundred million people. But they don't get that, they man. Don't. I guess are, it's are like when all. you play sports with somebody. You're like, hey, man, come play, help our softball team out today. And then you you watch them throw and catch. You're like, oh, you've never <laughs> played a sport before where you just you don't have those instincts naturally. Like I guess they don't have those that instinct to know that. Oh right, because yeah. it's just something that's totally foreign well, but, to them. But they know what tell them. I don't mean to defend are. them. Like they they. Get, they get, they've dealt with auto robocallers and stuff. Yeah, they should be true. familiar with it's the idea of this. You should be paranoid. Thing. It's frustrating because yeah. I'll get questions about like how, how do I do this on my cell phone or whatever, and it's like I don't have the same brand cell phone as, yeah, as, I as my parents or whatever. And it's just I've explained to this on them on numerous times. Just go on Google, type in whatever it is you're trying to do, and someone will have come up with the answer. No matter what you're trying to do, whether That's it's like I'm, I'm trying doing. to change this setting on my phone or whatever, or the computer's not doing this, like just type it into Google. That's a good tip for anyone who doesn't, you know, is trying to do something on a computer or having no. computer problems. Just type it in to Google. Google is like, <laughs> it's the easiest fucking thing. You can basically oh, be a computer, like a like a mid-level computer genius nowadays by just typing whatever problem you're having into yep. Google. I'm going to put a correction on that. Just say whatever thing you're trying to do in your entire life. Yes. <laughs> just type it into Google and it will tell you how to do whatever you want to do. How do I, how do I learn to skateboard? Just type it into Google. That's pretty much right. How do I learn to not be such a stupid idiot baby boomer? Literally type that into Google. I bet you Dude. someone has written an article and it deals with exact... I'm going to type it in right I, now. I get baby boomers that come to my office and it's like clearly something we don't do it'll yeah. be like their phone bill or something and they'll be like well how do i pay i'm like i don't know and they look at me like well you're you work for the government you're just supposed to know everything and i'm like you know what man i don't have to do this but i'll type it into google and i always go you could have done this you could have you could have typed this into google from home and not come here and wasted both of our time yeah they, like it takes two seconds to do yeah that's my other problem with it is uh specifically when when they ask you to help you with their printer Ah, it's the like, printer. Listen, I can't help you with your printer any more than you can yeah. help you with your printer. It doesn't work and it won't work. Call the support line and just sit on them for with them for two hours to get it to work because that's what you're asking me to do. I won't do it any quicker than you. Uh, maybe restart the computer before you do that. Yeah. This is kind of what's yeah. frustrating about it. They have this yeah. expectation that because you're younger and you know technology that, that you should have to come over, that you should try and help them and come over and fix this thing. But you are just as capable of figuring this out as me, but you feel like entitled that you don't have to learn it because you were too old when it came out. For well, I'll some put a reason. correction on there. Printers aren't technology. Yeah. Printers are just stone tablets <laughs> that we put electricity into because they don't work at all and they haven't gotten any better and everybody knows that. It is weird. The printer, the dot matrix printer I had on our 486 when I was a kid, that's before a Pentium 1. Uh, you might as well be that, talking about cars right now. I don't yeah, know yeah. That, <laughs> that printer, it had holes on the side of the paper. Oh, yeah, that yeah. It would feed 
yeah. through and 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 the and all the Classic. paper was attached to each other so you actually had to rip the paper yeah. at the creases that printer worked better than modern printers work that thing actually worked <laughs> <laughs> oh it sounds like a baby boomer you know, harkening back to yeah. things that actually worked and back in my day i don't know there there's a few things that 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 they ask you to help them with and it, and i just think I have no idea any more than you would have an idea. And printers are one of the key things. The other key thing is your iCloud account. I cannot help you get your photos off of there because it doesn't work. There's like that <laughs> software is broken from the beginning. It's I understand that, yeah. So I guess they just don't have the the ability to decipher between them not knowing how to do it and that the software is terrible. Well, I want to no make it clear. It. I think yeah. it's the complete when I when I'm frustrated by baby boomers and technology, it's their complete the key word here is ineptitude. I'm talking about <laughs> stuff like what you were talking about, which was not being able to log into your email. Like that is a complete yeah. ineptitude. This is, we're not talking about some high level, like even something, I say high level, I was about to say even something as simple as say downloading a torrent. I can see where if you don't use the internet much or the idea of it's like, well, you got to download this program then you go to a website. Yeah, that's a little file, complicated. You got a bunch of download links yeah, that aren't yeah. download links. Yeah. <laughs> but even that, like that's a that's low a level thing. That's a baby boomer's nightmare. But that at least, that a, like, that's a, that's a really simple thing that I think most people listening will understand how it works or at least how to get it working. Yeah. But at least that's like, you know, there's a, there's a program and you got to download a file to go into the program and it unpackages whatever you're trying to get from it. There's some minor level of, of, of intricacies. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about stuff like, yeah, logging into email or opening mm. up every single thing that gets sent to you. It's like, that is not like... You know, they don't know how to do things that we know how to do. It's like, no, this is a complete ineptitude. Yeah. This is like, oh, it's just totally acceptable for me to walk out into traffic. No, it's not. Like, this is a really simple thing. You don't need to know a lot about traffic to no. know that you shouldn't walk out in front of it. And to come full circle, this guy, when I, before I, I left him to call that phone number, I said, oh, we hit the, the forgot password. Maybe you, you have, because he had a big cell phone there, which mm -hmm. you, clearly he used just to call people. Yes. Uh, and he, I was like, yeah, just hit that. And then, check your email on your phone and then you can reset your password that way because it'll, you know, send an email to his thing. And he's like, I don't know how to check my email on this thing. And I was like, all right, you're, you're hopeless, man. You're baby gonna boomer. Go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go as far to say that baby boomers shouldn't even be allowed to have smartphones. What no, the fuck is dude. the point? They're just using it for calls and maybe texts. Yeah. Like it's better for their own benefit. They shouldn't be allowed yeah. to have a smartphone because there's all sorts of things, like really basic things like changing their ringtone that they're going to have no idea how to do. And it's just going to be a, like an alien language to them. Look, this is to your own benefit. You're not allowed to yeah. have a smartphone. You won't know what's going on anyway. When I see like, an, like a blue collar looking baby boomer covered in dirt or paint <laughs> and they pull out a flip phone, I always chuckle but I'm like, yeah, good for you. Yeah, you know no, your limitations. Yeah, you know your place. That's, that's, that's <laughs> the baby boomers I have no problem with. He knows, yeah. like, yeah, that's, you know, that He's world. Self-aware, yeah. I'm not going to bother everyone else yeah. by, by asking them how to, you know, change the background on my cell phone. <laughs> so for Ready Player One, I searched how many references and then auto-completed are in Ready Player One. Oh, <laughs> it, dude. It, Google auto automatically knew what I wanted. How many do you think are in there? Oh, fuck. I can't even imagine because every now and then... 581. There's like huge, <laughs> epic, crazy battle scenes or the big race scene. Oh, and it's if just, you just look in the background... Yeah, for like, the third key, There's like a the hundred scene. different references. Like, it'll, like you can see like a battle toad just like t in the background, not doing anything. is of no relevance mm -hmm. to the movie at all. And there's like hundreds... Of, there'll be like hundreds of different characters or cars or whatever on screen and they're all a reference to some other thing. I don't even know. It would literally be... that Like the question you just asked, it would be hundreds. Infinite. Literally all of the internet can't figure it out. There's just 
everyone's just oh well here are 20 of them we uh -huh. we couldn't count all of them well, here's 130 of them when it we, comes out someone will slow them all the whole movie I yeah, bet someone someone will eventually Some idiot. eventually it'll happen once there's the at least a digital release or something yeah so i want to talk about some critics of this movie it has 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is insanity. And, P and so, so I'm hearing things like, here's what people say. Ready Player One, uh, this is Sonny Bunch from the Washington Free Beacon. Uh, the Washington Crap Beacon, more like it. Uh, Ready Player One does what it sets out to do. It entertains. Wrong. It flatters. What? Flatters? What does that even mean? I, I think, feel flattered. I think it's, it's saying that I think he, he's trying to say that the things that we're saying are insulting are actually flattering these players by yeah. these these, it's, these yeah nerds he's by not insulted them. by being like blatantly pandered to. He feels that yeah. that's a compliment. It, well, maybe maybe I felt flattered in a way that it's like oh I feel smarter than everybody else yeah. watching this movie because you're all idiots. Yeah, it moves. So, like, I think he's trying to say that it moves you in his, some way. His wiener moved a little? Like, I was falling asleep during the biggest battle scene in the entire Dude, you thing. kept nodding off. Over. You yeah. almost laid on the, in the row uh, in front of us. Hard to ask for much more than that from a big budget blockbuster. Uh, here's Adam Graham from the Detroit News. A blast of pure childlike amusement. That's creepy. Yeah, I guess a child might like this movie. Maybe not because it's two and a half hours long. Sounds like he likes children. Yeah, that was rough. Two hours, 29 minutes too long. I remember at one yeah. point, I don't even know how far we were into the movie, but something just really stupid happened, and we were just all kind of like giving that sigh. Like, and I, I just remember Muller, you how saying many? to both of us, you saying, oh my God, we're probably like an hour into this movie. Like, <laughs> we're probably we so much yeah. more to go. Yeah, it was uh, my brain definitely. Well, you said it jokingly, and then I looked at my phone, and I was like, actually, we're like barely halfway. And you're like, <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah, I was I, I was really miserable. So the movie really f just goes off the rails and falls apart in the third act. So that was before that. Oh, that was like before that was before they even found the first key, I think. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and here's Peter Rayner from the Christian Science Monitor. Yes. Yes. Spielberg wants us to drop the techno gadgets and join hands, which isn't true at all. Um, <laughs> but it's the VR world that really juices him. He's the ultimate fanboy making a movie about the need to yeah. move beyond being a fan. Fucking right. Who is taking that from this movie? That's insanity. I get it. There's there's things like old 80s classics and people are wearing like a Rush t-shirt or whatever, but it's also littered with really modern references like Halo or Master Chief from yeah. Halo and the, like I said that chick from Overwatch there was a whole bunch there's a whole bunch I didn't even get or like uh, the robot Steven Spielberg's playing Overwatch or in the, his spare time or the, the robot from those, those Gundam things that they're just Gundam, Gundam wings they're Gundam Steve, units Steven Spielberg does not care about Gundam he's like a hundred years old he doesn't care about these things this, this whole movie is, is just talking about it's just glorifying being in a VR world and how great it is and then in the very last scene the guy's like, and you know what I learned from all this is oh, this uh, it, it's uh, it's it's good to uh, it's good to be out not in the VR world sometimes. Uh, you, you should you should have some real life friends. <laughs> you piece of shit, Steven Spielberg. Like this was I I was so mad. This was literally the ending scene of the movie. The kid he gets power over the Oasis and he decides to he shuts it down for like two days a week just and then says something so on like, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. It's oddly specific. And he's like, he's like, is that what is yeah, that what he did? What he I forgot about that. Yeah. He says, <laughs> on Tuesdays and Thursdays the Oasis gets shut yeah. down. That's what they came which up are, with. Yeah. Which are weird days to pick. Why wouldn't you pick Saturday and Sunday when people have you know time off, go go see each other. During the week is when you need shitty video games. 
Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was just like, fuck you. Like this whole, like you just spent two and a half hours just cramming as much 80s and 90s pop culture references as you can and glorifying it too. Like there was no, I was expecting the, the movie to start to turn in a message about, you know, uh, engaging in the real world rather than trying to live your life, like identify your life through pop culture references. That's mm -hmm. what I assumed going into it. The movie was, it was going to have, yeah, like, it would be this very shallow criticism, yeah, it was, but of it was going to be an, an arc that you could see throughout the Boo, whole movie. Smartphones. There is Boo, the internet. There is none of that throughout the whole movie. They, the whole movie, they spend two and a half hours glorifying just an over-reliance on pop culture references and then at the, it's like, I think the last sentence in the movie is him saying, mm -hmm. you know, because we all, because people should spend a little more time out in the real world. And, then like, <laughs> and nothing in the movie off. implies that. This whole movie is nothing but the glorification of pop culture references to the point where there's, there's no real characters in the movie. There's, what can you tell me about the character other than the main character? That one chick was black. Other than, uh, the, yep, other gotcha. than that he's poor. Or, oh yeah, that 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 the that it turns well, she out she was this, poor too, of this, course. Yeah, the, well, the, most of the characters are poor. Well, I mean, but they always felt the beginning. They're all poor and they live in this VR world to get away from it. But as people, you don't really know much more about like how are they like like like. Well, I know that he hates his mom's boyfriend and and his mom because oh, because she's, she's she's mean. My point being is the whole movie completely just dis like quite blatantly just disregards like character arcs and, and actually telling you something about like the world that it's built and all of that just in lieu of having just nonstop 80s and 90s pop culture references crammed in your face and then at the end they, they just at the very end like literally the last 10 seconds of the movie they try and ham in this whole like you know we gotta get out that you should really be spending more time in the real world it's like what the fuck fuck you this is so <laughs> insulting oh well, my god well you forgot about the character arc of the main love interest in the movie uh, he meets <laughs> that came out of nowhere he, yeah he meets her in the VR world and she's good at racing bikes um, yeah. and then uh, he falls in love with her in the VR world and he says we got to meet in in the real world and she says well I don't look like my alien pink uh, character avatar in this fake world so you'll be disappointed with me and, and he goes no I won't so then they meet up, and she actually looks pretty similar to her avatar. Yeah, and like, similar. She not really like any. A, she has like a pretty mild birthmark on her, like over her eye. Just like it's not enough to be like, oh. No. Yeah, yeah. There's like, like you know, if if it's somebody that you really loved, you might actually find it endearing. Yeah. Like uh, it's 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 you know it's like having a cool scar on your cheek or something like that. Yeah. No. You're telling me some nerdy, smelly gamer. Like that's not gonna stop them. No, like, he's she's, gonna love that. She's like, still, even more. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, she's like damaged. It's so no, unrealistic. No one else will take her. That should have been a fat, pale chick. This yeah. I thought was like the most forced on-screen relationship I've seen in a movie since Anakin. Valerian? I was, well, I was going to say since Anakin, worse than that, since Anakin and Padme from the Star Wars that, yeah. was like It felt so forced. It was just like, all of a sudden, he's in love with her. Like you, I guess her avatar character was like kind of attractive in line of what he would find attractive. But he doesn't know any, just like we don't know anything about any of the characters in this movie, he doesn't really know anything about her other than that I guess he's probably attracted to her, her, the avatar. And then also she's good at racing mm -hmm. or something. He watches and, her Twitch streams. And that's it. Like, that's all that, 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 that 
leads him into falling in love with her. Like it's complete. There's there's no uh, relationship or character development. Well, she's in the slightest. It just kind of happens, and he's like. I'm in love with you. My, my real name's Wade. And it's just like, where the fuck did this come from? This it, just, just came out of nowhere. You've completely just told us that they're in love rather than showing a relationship develop. I can tell you where it came from is that she is an anime body pillow. <laughs> and you don't, you don't need much. Like, you know, and then, and then he's in love with her. And, and all the anime nerds are like, oh, man, I can just relate with this so much. You're just falling in love with people with basically... No reason to do so. <laughs> this, this yeah, was, I do it all the time. Follow them around. You know, this this movie is pandering. This was one of my major gripes with the movie. And when I see people, some of the critics, and then people talking on like the Reddit, I'm not this, done with the critics. The Reddit either. discussion yeah. for it, uh, talking about how you know it's like this is you know it's not necessarily a great movie or anything, but this is just a good movie to just to shut down and and, and just enjoy the ride. Saying stuff like that, people always say you that know, about so shitty movies. Stupid. They're like, oh. This this is the worst movie I've ever seen. Well, you know, I think you're just being too critical. You just got to shut off your brain and enjoy a funny flick. No, it's dog shit. It makes you sound <laughs> it makes you sound like a fucking retard. I just like <laughs> I just, it makes you like it's the comparison I made before. It makes you sound like a fucking toddler, and I'm just dangling yeah. my keys in front. Of you. It's like you're so impressed by uh, uh, the Iron Giant being on screen and having no actual substance to what's going on in the story. Yeah. To the point you're, you're way impressed by that, but you have no interest in actually following a character that's enjoyable that you want to see succeed and kind of following him through his hardships. Like this. I, I hate that criticism. Like, or, 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 yeah, that criticism of people. It's like, well, can't you just, you know, it's just shut down and enjoy a good block break. Any really, truly great blockbuster, all the classics, are usually great because of you care about the characters. Mm -hmm. All the other stuff, like, you could take, and it, it's just flashy stuff, and it might be interesting, but you won't care about it as much. It won't resonate with you as much as if you don't care about the characters or at least the world that they've presented. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Where it's just like, you're just, you're just a fucking child with someone dangling a shiny object in front of your face. So, so Diva Velez uh, says... Yeah, this is a critic uh, from the Diva Review. <laughs> I guess that's her name. Um, escapist fun... Made for mandatory repeat viewings. Oh, good <laughs> Lord. There's such replay value, all the references. To, to try and catch all the characters oh, and icons dear. hidden throughout the movie. With Ready Player One, Spielberg has crafted an electronic wonderland that's a love song to fandom and pop culture itself. No, it's not. <laughs> it's a big middle finger to, to anybody who's a fan of something, and it's a huge middle finger to all of these pop culture icons. Uh, so, I mean, let's talk about something that's an actually good love song. Uh, Hugo. Uh, okay, what happens in Hugo? Well, uh, they have I mean, a... love like story? You said love song. Sorry, a, a love letter. Yes. Uh, probably better. Yeah, not a love story. <laughs> uh, what what happens in Hugo? Uh, well, they they spend uh, an act of the movie uh, exploring these classic films yep. and what made them good. Oh, so the, what they do is they just go, hey, remember that movie Man on the Moon? Hey, remember that movie Train Going By? Uh, how cool was that? Uh, remember that old movie fr from 1930? Yeah. Uh, remember, you know, and they just reference it. That's what that's what Scorsese does, of course, is he just shouts out the names of all these movies. To, that's a, that's what a love letter is to something, or he shows you what the heart is behind them and like I remember watching that and I really felt what was amazing it's, about those movies which I wouldn't have enjoyed if like I a, just watched the movie it's like an entire half hour segment in Hugo of them just like showing people 
uh, filming like those old timey black and white silent videos, like the kind of silly ones of them like crashing on the moon and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but then and they're it, silly it when you it, think about it them. It shows today. it behind the scenes and like full color and like some of the tricks that they re like. It shows them like doing it on stage. Yeah, on it shows stage. the stage. You know, and, and, of and you. it's characters that you already have have spent a lot of time with because it's kind of a flashback showing it, but it's about a character that you already know in the movie, and it's a complete love letter to film. This movie, Ready Player One, is not well. A, all a love letter in that regard. Well, the, it is just an exploitation. The, the thing about Scorsese's is that I don't really have I don't really have a lot of appreciation for Man on the Moon yes. movie or whatever. Yeah. But I watched that and then I did and I thought, wow, yeah. I get what's so great about this. This is an amazing era. And and Ready Player One is the exact opposite. I already get what's great about the DeLorean yep. or Jurassic Park, and then I see this and I think it's worse now. It's not better than I thought it was. Now you've made it worse. So it's the exact opposite to a love letter. It is diarrhea on the screen and a, and a, and a, a fat nerd's butthole. It's just exploiting your interest in those things. I, I think a couple of things about this. Uh, and why, like, just seeing the DeLorean on screen is, like, in, like I, I've talked about the DeLorean in the past on this podcast, even obviously outside of this podcast, you guys have heard me <laughs> probably ramble about it for way too fucking long. Um, the reason why it's so insulting is because you see it on screen, and it's not, on top of it just kind of stealing from the popularity of it, being like, oh, see this thing that's cool, that's popular? Well, it's also in our movie, and it's just completely <laughs> trying to ape from it. On top of that it completely takes it and puts it in a tone where it doesn't belong. Like, it shows mm -hmm. the DeLorean in this crazy high-speed race where it's going off these insane ramps. That's what was so good about the DeLorean was what an agile car it exactly, was. Exactly. It could exactly take corners and, and do cool breaks and jumps. It wasn't that it could travel through time. That wasn't what was well, cool also, about it. Also, like, so just seeing it, like, spinning around, doing donuts and being, like, this awesome car in the race. A, the DeLorean was a notorious piece of junk car. You'd never use that at a race. That's real nitpicky. But the thing that made it cool in Back to the Future was that it seemed like the kind of thing, like, a mad scientist, uh, mm -hmm. Doc Brown, that he would make. You never really see the DeLorean doing anything cool. It just no. drives in a straight line and then goes back in time. It doesn't do, like, crazy donuts and flips around. I guess it kind of flies at the end of the first one, but that's about the most crazy yeah. thing you'll see do. Uh, but that it never was about it doing about seeing it doing flashy things. It just seemed like the kind of thing where this mad scientist who's on a shoestring budget and and he's acquired like this this what he calls like a space age looking car just to look cool. It's like yeah, it's like he's gonna just completely junk rig this thing into being a time machine. Like that was the vibe of it. Not seeing it spinning around doing donuts and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's what makes it so insulting. It's it's not an homage. It's just completely taking it and putting it into their movie for their own just mm -hmm. to say that they have it in their movie, but they're not even honoring what made it special in the first place. Yeah, I think the I was reading through the negative reviews and the best quick description I saw of this was it, it, it's not like an homage piece. It's more of a cultural recycling bin, which right. is exactly what it felt like. So uh, Diva Velez from the Diva Review. <laughs> I, her name sucks. Sunny Bunch from the Washington Gay Beacon. Uh, Adam Graham from Detroit News. Peter Rayner from Christian Science Monitor. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Shame yes. on you for what you've been saying about this movie 
it's if you didn't pick up on this huge middle finger in the middle yeah. of the movie, you're an idiot and you it's shouldn't be reviewing anything. Like I said, there, so obviously there are things, I'm not huge into a lot of the, the nerd references there in it, but there are things like the DeLorean that we just yeah. talked about. There's a, you know, there's, at one point you could see RoboCop walk past the screen. I don't even remember that. Uh, there's, it's one of those scenes where there's like a billion characters okay. on screen. Um, it's, it's, like, so I understand those things. Like, I have an appreciation for the aesthetic of the DeLorean and obviously Back to the Future in general. And I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, hey, oh, I really love Back to the Future. Oh, this movie's for me. Like, how can you not see that they're just exploiting your interest in those things? Because mm -hmm. the things that showed up in the movie that I have an interest in, that felt like a slap in the face to me. Like, I, I felt... Like I was so like I felt sick to my stomach when when he first drops the thing and it generates a little hologram DeLorean in front of him and it's like I felt like oh god like I knew it was in the movie but the way they presented it it's like mm -hmm. yeah that's not what the DeLorean was about I, it's just weird to me that people don't understand that this this is this is clearly not a love letter it's just exploiting your interest it's making in it. fun of you almost and missing yeah. the beat of it so fucking hard too. Yeah. Um, the other thing I have to say about, because I've seen about about this movie, and this actually, uh, it, this this you could say this about a lot of movies too, when they say it's like, oh, like can't you just shut down and enjoy like a really good blockbuster? Just take it for the action scenes for what it was. I think, like again, when I say this at the beginning of this podcast, when this movie failed on all regards, even the action scenes were just fucking useless. I was falling asleep. Dude, they were useless flash, and the biggest reason why, like beyond it just being a CGI fuck fest, like just a complete, like... Well, like 80% of the movie was in a VR world that was CGI. That's how they got away with it. It was an it. animated movie. That's, that's how they got away with it, because the avatars are supposed to mostly look real, but they don't really, and no. I think they just use that as an excuse to get away with shitty CGI. Um, but regardless of that, this entire movie, there is absolutely zero fucking consequence for any like sense for any for any of the characters being in danger or the threat of death. So all the action scenes have no fucking tension because they're all in the all in the VR world and it's not some scenario where if they die in the like it's it's not like the Matrix where if you die in the in the Matrix you die in real life. Not in this, you just have to restart. Not even your avatar is yeah. really dead. The Wachowski it just has to restart. You're just game over. Right. The Wachowski like, twins <laughs> didn't have the sense to know what gender they were, but they had the sense to know you need to die in the real uh -huh. world if you die in the game yes, world. Even they understood that. <laughs> Even they understood. Yeah, the this, lack of consequence. It, it made no it so hard to take this seriously. There's this huge battle sequence at the end and all the characters that we've come to know and then a billion characters that we haven't come to know all show up for this big epic battle against robots that are also just people controlling ro the robots through a VR headset. But everyone, there's no consequence to death. So none of these action students have any tension because you don't care. They're like Even if you cared about the characters... They're not in any real danger because it's just like, oh, I, I got to just restart now. Yeah. How is, like, do you not even understand what makes a good just dumb blockbuster action movie work? You at least have to be worried that the character might die. But mm -hmm. you're not at all in the, in the movie. It's a huge, huge fucking flaw. Do you, uh, do you have some quotes from that Reddit thread? From I want to talk, So I talked about what the critics are saying about this, okay. and I want to talk about what the fans are saying about this movie, at least... At least what's possible. At least what's what's presented at the moment. Um, 
I, I can probably contact this, a few. Yeah. The popularity of this movie, I mean, it's being pretty well received other than by, like, you know, yeah, 76% is pretty true. Like, three quarters of people seem to be talking pretty, pretty positively about it. And this gets down to the problem with nerds is that they can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. And, and, and quite, and it's a, which is a really great parallel to my middle finger. They can't see the yeah. middle finger for the, the 3D textures on the middle finger because they can't seem to see why they liked things in the first place. When we talk about something like Back to the Future, if Back to the Future was just a crummy movie with crummy characters and they had a DeLorean, Nobody the nerd care. isn't smart enough to know that they wouldn't have liked that. It's uh, So many people don't understand that at all. This is what I was talking about before. It's like the reason why you like most big, most of the big classics is because you can get behind the characters. It's not the flashy shit. The flashy shit's cool. The proton pack from the Ghostbusters. The flashy shit is what makes it more iconic. Yeah, the proton pack from Ghostbusters per se. It's like, yeah, it's, it's cool, but if that movie did not have those proton packs, it would still work exactly as a movie. It's like, it was a neat flashy And you thing would still they, remember they it and like it. Yes, that's that's, that's what right, I'm saying because you be liked, huge you liked the characters and the world that they built and this movie it doesn't and for some reason they think that they can just divorce it and it will still work and that's still good all of a sudden and it's like all of whether it's a DeLorean or a, or a Jurassic Park dinosaur or a Robocop or a dragon or a whatever it is that they're referencing uh, those things are containers for what you liked about the movie. The DeLorean is a container for your feelings of what you feel towards Back to the Future. Yes. You can't just empty the container and put, and then show you the case of it. You can't just empty your bowl of, your box of cereal and then put the cereal on your shelf and say, I have cereal now. You don't have it. It's just a box. So there's, there's a lot of, like Nerds just, don't get it. I'm just looking through the Reddit, the movie subreddit discussion for this movie, and uh, there's just lots of uninteresting comments, but a lot of them are, are, oh, you know, the movie wasn't, you know, anything amazing, but it was pretty good. I really enjoyed this reference, this reference. Everyone just talks about the references that they enjoyed. Like, here's, here's, here's one for you that actually is a parallel to what you were just talking about. Uh, I was skeptical about how good the movie would be for a while, but once it hit the shining scene, I was pretty drawn in. Oh, and it's oh just man. Like, it, it goes on for like a whole paragraph. Oh, man, that's But got... that's a good thing. It's like, dude, like, even, let's pretend, we really got to pretend for a minute that this movie is any good. Let's say it's good. It's a good movie. But it's tonally exactly as it is. It's all about like pop culture references and yeah. kind of a comedy or whatever. Why the fuck would you throw The Shining into that? Tonally, it's so fucking different. And you could see them stumbling through. The, the, they enter in, in, the world, in the, this movie, they enter the, the, the hotel. In yeah, the so Shining. that's key number two. And, and, and the riddle brings them to this, the set of The Shining in, in the world. So they're exploring. And it's the exact set, it, it, you know, which is cool, I suppose. Like, uh, it was nice yeah. to see uh, Stanley Kubrick's work. Uh, being, <laughs> uh, plastered, being shit. Being, being it shit was nice on. to see. This this is kind of what I was getting. It was nice to see like the 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 aesthetics of the Overlook Hotel. Uh, uh, something that China. I like. It was nice to see like a big robot robot guy walking through that ho- that that, creepy, <laughs> that psychologically creepy hotel. Man, yeah. wouldn't it be cool if there was some big anime robot guy walking through it and and a blue and pink like fish-looking guy also walking, and a ninja walking through it. Oh, man. Like, well, that that fits. That honors what the tone of that movie was going through. Well, I, fucking I mean, idiot. It was purely first, meant to be comedic because of the, the contrast of the characters. No, there. it's not meant to be comedic at all. At all. I, yeah, was just, I thought the whole scene was just a comedy scene. Oh, really? I didn't oh, get that. Oh, no. It's supposed I got, to be funny. What it was I got scary. It had, like, a rotting zombie No, it's supposed to be funny, though. 
Because like What's this funny big, about this that? big robot's walking through the shining and has this demon lady attacking him. No, that's a meta analysis that you are picking up on. <laughs> that's that's not intentional. What I, I did not get comedy from it. I got from it like, oh man, The Shining's a good movie. Hey, look. It's the Overlook Hotel in our movie. Like, I was, that's what I got well, from it. There was it's supposed that was supposed to be scary? No, it's not supposed to be it was scary. Like it's supposed bit. to be adventure. Well, so this is okay. another thing. This is, you but don't know. We're, we're well, talking too much about the actual so movie here. <laughs> enter, entering and trying to pay <laughs> homage to The Shining in this movie is just such like a weird misstep that everyone on the Reddit board seems to have loved. I thought it was such a, a weird... Yeah, that's not a nerd movie. Because so it starts going through like... You say weird, bizarre weird. misstep, but, when, but you were like blowing steam out of your ears when we were watching this. Like yeah. you, your head almost popped off from anger. Well, <laughs> I think... Well, I'm trying to figure out... Like I'm trying to get to the heart of what frustrated me particularly so much about that scene and I think it, it comes into light when they start like they basically the characters in this movie which are just wacky video game characters pretty much they start kind of entering scenes in the movie but then they over embellish those scenes to a point where this is nothing like what it was in the movie so the one anime robot looking dude he enters room was it room 237 the mm -hmm. iconic room from uh, The Shining and then he sees the young naked lady stepping out of the bath and turns into the old lady it's like okay it's, it, at first that it's was a little funny at first it's just like it but then she like pulls out a knife and starts attacking him and it's like this creature that he can't defeat it's like the, this is not at, now it's like you've completely missed the boat and then the he falls into this a bathtub and now he's in the, the, the maze the I forest maze I have a feeling they wanted to pay homage to scene or pay homage I'm doing the finger quotes there uh, to scenes from The Shining, but they knew that the type of people that are interested in a movie like Ready Player One would have no interest in like the slow psychological horror of The Shining. So they had to really ham up all the scenes to the point where they're like drowning in all the fake, not drowning, but being like swept away in all the fake or all the blood that comes pouring out of the elevator. Uh, they're being attacked by the the naked mm -hmm. lady who becomes like a creepy zombie. They're, they're like they completely ramped it up to like 110 because they, they know that people who are interested in flashy garbage like Ready Player One, they would be bored by the show. And that's why they hit all the iconic things back to back to back. It was but like they, boom, boom, boom. But they so. hit all the iconic things and then they just took it to like a, like it's like this is nothing like what it was even in the movie. They show the the dance hall that uh, in, in that that Jack, the main character in The Shining, he 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 gets he starts being delirious and going crazy and mm -hmm. hitting the bottle, and he goes into like the dance floor and he starts seeing ghosts, which just look like people, but he's kind of interacting with them and they're telling him horrible things about you know you should get rid of your family, all that stuff. I'm really really paraphrasing here. Uh, but then in in Ready Player One, they look like they look like the like the the ghost from the Ghostbusters remake. The remake. <laughs> like they're all like green and creepy and zombie looking and they're jumping off their heads. It's like, this is not paying homage to The Shining. It's just saying, look, it's the Overlook Hotel and then they're cramming in a bunch of wild, exciting adventure action yeah. movies. It's like that is not, that is a slap in the fucking face to The Shining. There was, that is not. It is still homage. a video game though. <laughs> when, they were, when they're in there. That's what but I kept telling myself. I'm like, it is a video game. That, that's why this is so stupid. But, but it's weird it because the, the tonal. make a Shining video game. <laughs> like tonal, tonally, it's like they're they're oil and water. Like you can't right. even put them together in the sense of let's throw some video games into the Overlook <laughs> Hotel because it's that Overlook Hotel is not exciting enough for mm -hmm. wacky video game characters. Like tonally, it's just a complete, complete the, misstep. Putting The Shining in that movie seemed two things to me. Like it was something Spielberg specifically probably wanted to do, and something maybe for parents to go. You know, if they're taking their kids there, maybe the parents cannot 
if they're bored by the movie, they go, oh, oh yeah, the Shining. Oh, the Shining. Be My parents would be happy to see that. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Well, so immediately you can feel that it's off before they even get to the hotel. We referenced this slightly before about how they introduce. Yeah. He's, they're, they're going through. They're trying to find oh. clues as to where they can find the next key, and they find out that the guy went and saw this movie or whatever, and that was probably, we need to enter the Shining the world. The retarded guy who whatever. made all these clues. Um. And then they say, oh, no, he, that weekend, he would have went to see The Shining, the Stephen King hit from 1970. Like the, the Stephen the, King bestseller the, the from 1979. Best, yeah, bestseller yeah. from 1970-whatever. Yeah, he like, notoriously hated the film. Nobody and, would like, talk about this. Like, nobody who's a huge fan of The Shining. They're just Yeah, they're just like the way they describe a Wikipedia it. entry, like, basically. But it, it felt like they need they needed to explain to people who want to see a movie like Ready Player One. It's like, well, they're probably all not going to understand. Then why is the it in there to begin with, The right? importance of The Shining. So we better explain. It's like, this was written by Stephen. This, we're going to go to The Shining world. It was written by Stephen King. It was popular in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, oh my God. Like That's pretty funny. You're referencing things that people don't even want referenced at this point. But, and if they, if they feel like they had to explain that, because they probably did for like half the audience, then it probably shouldn't have been in the movie to begin with. It's kind of a weird choice. I mean, all of this point. movie yeah. shouldn't have been in the movie to begin yeah, with. Yeah, this movie shouldn't this have This movie happened. shouldn't have been in this movie uh, to, <laughs> to begin with. So, uh, yeah, I was... Uh, there was a funny scene that me and Braden both laughed at uh, when the when the, when the the blood comes out of the elevator and there's the two little girls in the hallway and the guy comes along and he's like, oh, little girls. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's like, oh, I don't remember what he says to them. It was just really funny because he didn't get... It was, it was, it was kind of weird because, yeah, this guy was going through it and he didn't get the tone that this was a horror movie. And I, I think... Never seen The Shining. He had never seen The Shining. So, you know, he sees this lady in the bathroom. He's like, oh, naked lady. Like, you know, nice. oh, little girls. <laughs> like, nice. <laughs> I was... So I, I can see the humor in that, like you explained. It was it was it was supposed funny, to be funny, and it was. Funny. I was just so mortified by the whole thing at that point. I was like, "This is this is so wrong." Well, I guess what I was trying to say was Stanley Kubrick would 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 he'd rather be dead. Stephen <laughs> King probably loved this. Movie. Hey, yeah, Stephen, Stephen King's King like, loved "Oh yeah, this. crap it yeah, all over." Like, Finally, a proper adaptation <laughs> of my novel. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, I, I mean. The reason that this was a relief is even somebody taking diarrhea all over Stanley Kubrick's movie is better than Ready Player One. It's like you can still kind of make it out in there. So it was it was a relief just to see some. Also, it was a relief just to see some still composition for 25 seconds in this, where they actually showed the hotel and they showed a lot of the similar shots before it before it got off the rails. And I was. Oh, like I got anxiety a lot through this movie just being like, oh my, oh, another thing's flying at me. Oh, like this is like, oh, the camera's moving around and just like spinning around constantly all the time. Uh, it didn't really have the shaky cam, which was nice, but it was no, just constantly moving and spinning. And it had the uh, it had a real Star Wars prequel uh, problem yeah. in oh, that yeah. it wasn't quite like zoom in shaky cam or anything like that, but it had the Let's try and cram as much crap. I'm not even talking about 80s uh, or like pop culture references per se. I just mean like let's try and make every fucking frame as dense as possible. Let's just there'll be a, there'll be a building falling and there'll be a, a character from this thing that you like or like a hundred characters from these things that you like in the background. And it was just an assault on your on your senses yeah. uh, during any of the action scenes. And it was just a complete complete uh, CGI 
fuck fest is the best way to describe the the intense action scenes. Maybe that's what made the shining scene so interesting to people is that it had to slow it down just in order to be in yeah like, just it, to make just it in work. order to make you realize to guess this is the shining world. You can see that because here's the world that Stanley Kubrick created, which is not full of like King Kong jumping around <laughs> smashing buildings as you're racing the DeLorean underneath the falling buildings. Like oh my god! Like the rest of the movie is just such a fucking Assault. Am I weird for thinking that it's a funny thing to reference King Kong? Like, King Kong's uh, just a monkey. He's just a big monkey. But he's really big. We're referencing monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, me and Braden were just joking. Oh, there's a reference to uh, yeah, dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's yeah, a reference I... to, to cars and roads. Yeah. Here. <laughs> Everything's it, a reference. I thought it was a Congo reference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought I thought there was definitely there's definitely some Congo references in here. Well, did he have a martini in one of those frames? I can't tell <laughs> That's because true. it was moving I couldn't too tell fast. because there was too much garbage <laughs> flying around the screen. Yeah, there was definitely a martini in some of that garbage. Congo <laughs> reference. Yeah, reference to garbage. <laughs> yeah, reference the, to the, the garbage. first challenge was a car race, reference to car races. <laughs> uh, do you guys do you remember car races? Well, then you might like Ready Player 1. Oh, do you remember hotels? The the disambiguated concept? Well, you might like the second key challenge with The Shining. How about Winter, do you, we have a reference to winter in this movie. <laughs> References for everybody. Here's the thing about this movie too, like a real fatal flaw for me is like the whole world building in this movie is when you make that just references to other movies, you haven't built a world at all because you've just said, well, the world that we're presenting to you is just the world that you've seen in other movies that mm -hmm. we've just put into ours. It's like there's zero world building in this movie on top of having basically zero character development. It's very it's, lazy. So uh, It's very lazy and just a crippling flaw to, a, to a, trying to tell a story. Yeah, and watching all the CGI stuff, I remember watching that, that, that scene at the end and thinking... Like there's there's again no wait. It was, to this. it was the battle scene. Yeah, the battle scene. The one scene. that where they had a reference to winter. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember just thinking, okay, this is CGI. Why do I care about this? There's no chore choreography. There's nothing actually happening. Like they just threw a bunch of money at a bunch of programmers and said, all right, just you know do do a computer well, that's, game. That's like a common. Like, that's that's like a common complaint that we've tapped into a bunch of times for a yeah. lot of other movies. But this movie transcends it with what I was talking about before. How because they're in a virtual wor yeah. world where not it's even CGI and it's not the, presented. Not as even real. their characters, the, the avatars that die, like. Like yeah. it's so on top of like yeah, there's no real craft or filmmaking or excitement like uh, the feeling that you're in a real world because it's all just you're in, just watching it's a video all just game. CGI. It's stupid. And then also on top of that, the characters they're not even in a dangerous scenario. No. It's like I haven't from an action standpoint, I have no idea what anyone's getting out. So of it. let's talk about the stakes in the real world after these messages. Got to make some. Got to make some money here. So Monday. Uh, are you a social justice warrior looking to step up your game? Well, are you? Well, are you? <laughs> <laughs> are you you want to make sure that you want to make sure that you're benefiting the world as well as possible. That you want to make sure that you know you don't have anybody in your life who is enabling white supremacy or any other non-crimes out there. Uh, well, then you are going to want the SJW uh, Defender Kit. It's a piece of software. And all you do is log into your Facebook, and every day it tells you a new friend on your friends list who's committed an unspeakable thought crime. That way you can go around their Facebook wall, 
and you find find whatever you want that they're saying and call them a Nazi for it. And <laughs> you can unfriend them and you know, a friend away keeps uh, fascism away, as we always say. <laughs> so uh with an the unfriend S- today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, an unfriend today. Sorry. <laughs> uh, doctor away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll you'll be able to keep upholding your ideals and uh, you know, making the world a better place uh with the power of division. Uh, so uh, get get the SJW de- Defender Kit software uh, for 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 a brighter tomorrow where your friends list only has uh, you and you. all the other people with <laughs> the exact same ideologies of you. Now, there's no, a, just you. you. Eventually, you'll have yeah, to well, exercise that, that, too. that This is there's <laughs> even, there's even more than meets the eye with this software because once you run out of people who have even different ideologies from you, you'll be able to use intersectionality to find the people that you think have similar ideologies to you and poke holes in them so you can alienate them and unfriend them too. Eventually, you'll have no friends left on your list uh, and that will be the perfect world. And then you're free to die. Yeah, and then, then you're free to die knowing you've done a, done a, job, well, a job well done, uh, you know, teaching everybody about, uh, about the proper way to think. It's weird that the company, this company, feels the need to even advertise on our podcast because I feel like probably it seems like most people are seemingly already using this. It's very popular software. It's a, it says used by ninety nine percent of uh, co- university students in the mm-hmm. arts and humanities. Yes, yeah, so four, four out of five liberal art professors uh, approve of this. Four uh, four point nine out of five. Oh, awesome! Yeah, the ninety nine out of a hundred uh, liberal arts professors already using this and encouraging their <laughs> students to use this software too. So, uh, so what were we getting back to in Ready Player One? Oh, yeah, the consequences in the real world. So, uh, in the Matrix, <laughs> if you die in the Matrix, you die in real life. And in Ready Player One, if you die in the game, uh, Do you, guys you remember? lose like $5 and then you just respawn. Uh, but there's got to be some consequences in that real world. When you were kids, did anyone ever try to tell you that if you died in your dreams, you died in real life? Well, that I was a, that's a nightmare on Elm Street. Because like, right? I've definitely died in my dreams so many times. <laughs> How would you I didn't even that? die in yeah. real life. What, are they going to go ask a corpse? What were, yeah. you, what were you dreaming about? Tell us real quick. <laughs> How could you prove it? I don't know. There's no way to prove this. <laughs> you like, nobody knows what you're like. You, like there no. are, what are the, what are the sleep? Uh, pathologists, what the fuck are they called? Sleep doctors, whatever. They can measure, like, they can watch your brain activity on some scan and see when you're dreaming. But they can't no, tell you what <laughs> you're dreaming. There's no television though. screen, yeah. They could maybe tell that you. That would it's be like, great. Oh, I'm guessing they could, ma- purely guessing, they could maybe tell you, it's like, oh, it's flaring up here. That means you're probably uh, scared sure. in your dream yeah. or whatever. But they can't tell you what no. you're dreaming. But about. as a kid, it does sound kind of plausible. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Did you ever do that Bloody Mary thing in the mirror? Yes, that no, was, I heard about that. Way that, too many that was scary, man. Like you could, it would really psych you out if you if if uh, if your lights were off and it was pitch black and you're looking into the mirror and there's maybe just a few outlines of the bathroom because it's so dark. And you, you know, said that that's it's a freaky thing. The internet has really killed uh, fun child rumors like yeah. that. Yeah, I remember <laughs> when I was. Oh yeah, that's when, crazy. When I, I, I remember hearing like like beyond just wacky stuff like dreams and and the Bloody Mary thing or whatever. I remember hearing that. I remember this rumor going around school that like all employees at McDonald's 
would spit on the burger, <laughs> and they were they were instructed to do so because if the spit sizzled, that meant it cooked all the way. And as a child, you're just like, well, I guess it's true. Guess Someone true. told me that. But nowadays, it's you, nowadays you would just look up. Like I remember, I, I remember th- hearing about that and thinking about it now and being like, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. They're probably already cooked and just need to be heated up. You would need to see, and you would need to know, like to see something sizzle on top to know that. It's oh man, I can't believe that those myths are just gone. I know from, because from now, yeah. like now, now, if you heard that and you believed it for a second, you'd be like, "Well, let's let's check this out." And then someone's typed up, you know. And guys, I checked yeah. it on Google. The internet uh. has killed that, and that was a lot of fun. I wish I still believed that. Yeah, <laughs> my life would be a lot more fun if I still believed things. Like that. that was like, you know, I don't know how this rumor made its way around North America because it did. Where everyone as a kid thought that Marilyn Manson cut out. Yeah, like, cut out his ribs. Dude, my parents. <laughs> Everybody thought my that. parents believed that until recently. <laughs> wow, they are baby boomers. Yeah, they, they know how to baby boomers definitely believed that. <laughs> yeah, baby boomers are just still walking around believing these stupid <laughs> Marilyn Manson because they don't know how to use Google. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is, that's such a funny rumor too. Yeah. I think I remember that he talked in his in his book uh, that he thought that was a really funny rumor, so he tried to encourage it. Awesome. Uh, or what about um, what about the argument that you'd get? Do you ever get an? You ever have some cousin or something getting into in, you with getting into an argument with you about whether wrestling was real? Yeah, like that. That was kind of along those lines too, right? And it's like, oh, they're really doing it. It's like. I don't think they're CGIing themselves up there. Like it's just that I don't think they're actually punching their, each other. Like it's like, no, it's real. It's like they're real stunts. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody. Like oh, these these feuds are real. Like they're they're yeah. The, people the go, that, it's fake. Oh, duh. <laughs> you th- yeah. Like, do you think we're that stupid? But I I just wonder if that's being fueled by people right. insisting that it's real though. Then yeah. Right. Well, it's not real. Like I'm not sure. But the people who go, no, it's fake. But it's like, are you that dumb that you have? You, it's weird. I guess it's on both sides. Cirque du Soleil's fake. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's hard to even know what that means. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Other than, yeah. Well, they're, the, they're out there doing the thing. Yeah, yeah they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, the dramatization is 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 a dramatization. Right. Yeah. So I feel like that's almost along the lines of those myths, because, yeah. but it's actually something that you'd argue about, which is... Which is pretty, which is pretty great. So, um, yeah. So in the real world, uh, let's talk about the consequences, which are not consequences at all. Uh, so they established that. I'm wondering if you're thinking of the thing that I'm thinking. Yeah, of, yeah. Which is ridiculous. Well, there's there's two things. So they established that this kid, he lives in this trailer park with his mom, who he doesn't no, really no, no, like. No, no, not his mom. As they describe it in the movie, his mom's sister. Oh, is it? It's yeah. It's not his they, aunt. It's his I mom's sister. I remember specifically sister. watching this movie and be like, "Yeah, I live with my mom's sister." And I'm thinking, I'm staring at the screen, thinking about the fucking the the scriptwriter who wrote that down. You fucking idiot! It's your aunt. It's not your mom's well, we, we, sister. We don't Just say your aunt. You don't need to. Yeah, it's my. I live with my mom's sister. Dude. I live with my aunt. <laughs> you're supposed to write down aunt. My mom's sister May and 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 my dad's brother. Uh, well, her name was what, was May, so they probably couldn't call her aunt what, May what's, or something. I what's, don't know. They could have just said. What's I live Spider-Man's with my uncle aunt. called? Uh, uncle Ben. Ben. Yeah, yeah, and and my dad's brother is Ben, <laughs> and my mom's sister May. 
it, it it's a it's a another perfect analogy of how nerds think. Just they can't see the middle finger through the CGI graphics of the middle finger. It's like it's not an ant. It's your mind. We got to be more granular and more specific. Nerds have no ability to get a high level overview of anything. They have the most granular view of everything. I and they made that's why they make the dumbest decisions and they like dumb movies like this. I got to make this clear. When I said at the very beginning of this podcast that. Everything about this movie just felt insulting to me. <laughs> I'm not just talking about like, oh, you know, they aped from references like The Shining and The DeLorean that I liked. I'm also referring to like from... Like, well, that's what we expected. Yes, we expected exactly. it to be that bad in that way. It but was also, way worse. the action scenes have no tension because nobody can die. It's all just a CGI just garbage just being constantly thrown at the screen and then all the way down to the point where they're they're talking like fucking idiots being like yeah my mom's sister oh my god like every aspect of this movie i I, this is this is maybe a little bit but not just some nerd complaining on his podcast about oh yeah they shouldn't have fucked around with the delorean this is also like they're writing down my mom's sister like every little detail is like it just felt like a fucking four-year-old wrote this goddamn movie my mom's, what's, moms have sisters? <laughs> but they wanted to explain in case you didn't know. It's that, that could technically happen. true, but it's just writing out, writing it out in a way that feels like, like an alien trying to mimic how humans talk. Based on his reputation, uh, there's no way I would have I'd been able to identify that this was a Spielberg movie if, yeah, if, if someone didn't tell if me. If you saw this movie going into it not knowing that, you, and you were forced with the task of trying to guess which big director. I would have guessed Luke Besson from Valerian. It's not, per- yeah, it's not pervy enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. It's it's amazing that this movie is actually worse than Valerian. It is worse. I, I absolutely think it's. Worse. I, I am quite. I quite seriously mean this might be the worst movie I've ever seen. Like I, the, on the level of how much I hated it, I. I it's so fucking terrible. So, so he lives with his mom's, sister, his mom's sister and 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 her boyfriend, and he hates both of them. Her boyfriend punches him in the mouth at one point, so yeah. he's just this angry. Played by Ralph Ineson. Right. I don't know if he, Total waste of a casting. Yeah, he's he, the dude from The Witch. And from he the, was in also the Office. From the British British yeah. Office. Badass deep voice. But right, yeah. Why did they get that guy to do that role? And he's mad because the kid took his VR gloves yeah. or something he like that. He used her gloves. He, he used the aunt's gloves, and I think he liked using the aunt's gloves. He liked, No, it's his mom's sister, not his aunt. So, but yeah, he's like, you took her gloves. And it's like, so you wanted to use her gloves though? Like, do you have dainty Yeah, and then he hands? punches him in the mouth for it. And and, yeah. uh, and then his mom's sister's like, uh, uh, I don't, uh, uh, maybe don't do that. Go to, go to your room. Uh, yeah, she boyfriend. says, go to your she room to the, to the boyfriend. I was like, oh, is it his brother? Not yeah, a, not I remember thinking the same thing. Is that just like his wildly older brother? There's like go a 30 year gap in the age difference between so, these two brothers. So the corporation finds yeah. out what his real identity do- is and then they go and blow up his yeah, mom, yeah, his mom's sister's boyfriend that punched him in the mouth. And, yeah. and you go, mom, yeah, his mom's sister. Yeah, and I, start, and I start thinking like, oh yeah, so the consequences aren't too bad here either. So if you, if you screw up in the VR world, they'll come and kill people that you hate. <laughs> Great. Uh, but what, what actually is probably the, the more reasonable example is um, when uh, they find out the, girl, the love interest's identity and then they end up capturing her and imprisoning her somehow because they're like, oh yeah, we bought up all your debt. So now we're going to put you in a cage in our corporation. I was like, that's not a... Just killer. How does debt work? Like, but my credit union yeah. can buy my debt, and then they can put me in a cage well, hold, and make me work it off. Hold on, twenty forty-five. Just, just one second before that, I want to go back to the mom's sister for a oh, second. Okay. Do you remember how she was brutally murdered? Like this, you know, this 
person who's basically his mother figure in life. It's basically his mom, even though it's his mom's sister. Um, why is it his mom's sister? Like, what did that? Why isn't it just his mom? What did that director, have to do with anything? It did. Yeah, it had nothing to do. With it. <laughs> There's it no reason that it was yeah, his no, that it was his point. aunt instead of his mom. There was no. There was kind of a plot point where his dad is dead. They, but they I don't want to kill his mom. So anyway, probably he's tampering. No, that his mom's be. dead. His mom's already dead. She's yeah, already she, been yeah. That's the establishing thing is that his mom and his parents. Did he say that they're dead? Yeah. Why did he have to? There you so go. Anyway, why did he have to be gets, an orphan to live in a shitty trailer park? Lots of people are just kit. Like it's and the they lamest. Spend, they spend attempt. zero time even talking about his. It's trailer the lamest life. attempt to make him relatable or likable. Yeah. So his mom's sister gets killed, and like the, her whole the whole like trailer tower that she's in gets blown to pieces because he was you know. Uh, getting in, involved with this activity that the corporation didn't want him to and they're trying to stop him they're trying to blow him up like basically his his real life was actually threatened and like his basically his mom figure in life was killed and then it's just nothing he doesn't care he just goes and talks to the girl did he, he even makes, have a scene where he was crying no he makes some <laughs> I, like I don't even think he told the girl like immediately he just goes and finds the, the girl that he met in, in this the, the virtual world and I, I'm not even sure he brings it up. If he did, it was so flippantly. Like, he didn't even seem to fucking care. <laughs> so even finally, finally, let's pretend that we, that we as the well, audience care about the mom's sister, which we don't. But let's pretend that we do. Finally, we have a consequence, like some kind of tension where it's like, oh, people are actually, their lives are actually in danger. But the main character doesn't even care. <laughs> well, I remember thinking, because I, I saw it a mile away before before that happened. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, okay, so this is going to give him some skin in the game, some reason to beat this corporation. And then, he, yeah, you just immediately Scoot forget. He's like, we got to find the key. <laughs> Dude, your mom's sister it was just killed. There's no it funeral, it nothing like that. He didn't strengthen his resolve. He doesn't <laughs> drop a single tear for her. So then, uh, so, so he ends up, so this is around the second key time, I think, in the movie. I think they had the second key. There was a huge gap between when they got the second key and then and they just fucked around for like an hour oh, and then yeah. went to get the third key. The movie the went end. off the rails. So the corporation ends up, ends up, they don't kidnap the love interest. They buy her debts, which means that they're allowed to put her in handcuffs and and like torture her basically in some weird they, prison. They gotta cover their bases legally. That's though. how yeah. That's how that's how the <laughs> law works in future Detroit. I mean, again, how is this any different than today's and Detroit? It's they, exactly the they same. They had no problem blowing up a whole trailer stack of trailers. Why didn't they just put a bullet in her head when they captured her? Yeah, they when they blew up that. This, when we say a stack of trailers, we're talking like so other people died. Oh yeah, because it was a tower. <laughs> I'm gonna say of at least thirty different trailers. Yeah. Presumably there's with families in them. Presumably. You know, some of them There's might be There's a hundred people in there. Yeah, some of them might be empty. Some of them might have one person. Some of them might have a whole family sitting in there. So they blew up at least 50 people, minimum. At least. 50, and then the thing, then the thing fell on like, and like this whole tower just came crashing down. So that killed them. Yeah, they killed like 50 to 100 people in one shot there. So, so they, they, and nobody. Cared. I don't even know what the word is for what they did to take his the love interest girl. Like I, like I was gonna say kidnap, but they didn't kidnap her. They. They enslaved her to. They to, enslaved her somehow legally to mine for the key. Basically, send her into the virtual world, and you got to find the key for Bitcoin us. mining. It's yeah, a, it's Bitcoin a big, mining. Big... Basically, hey, do you remember how the cell that she was locked in? She they yes, she was able to yes. unlock it 
from the inside because they put the unlock switch on the inside <laughs> of the cell yeah. under under an easily removable panel that she was able to remove with her fingers. Like yeah. she didn't even bash it Cause, in. Because this is the second real world consequence. Is like, oh, we got to save our our friend, and he gets on the phone with her, and he's got the schematics of the thing, and he's like, oh, uh, reach above you, and there's a big uh, red lever. Uh, pull the lever, and then hit the switch underneath that says eject. Yeah, uh, yeah, Basically. and then the door opens, and she's out of the prison cell. And, and then, I am not joking or embellishing. This no, is exactly, no. exactly what, happens. what it happens. And then do you remember when the main villain, he f they walk up to her cell with the with her his his henchman there, and they notice that she's escaped, and then he says to the henchman, how could she have possibly escaped? <laughs> I don't know, you fucking idiot, because you put the unlock on the inside <laughs> of her goddamn cell. Of course she was... How are people not escaping? Yeah, right? I don't just know how they're not like, escaping. Just from reaching around and grabbing things. Because, or they can just take off their headset. Because because no, they, could, just, they, they couldn't take off the headset. It was I'll give them that. It was it was like stuck on their head. Oh well, they did establish earlier in the movie that they can see through the headsets because you can yeah. see their eyes from the outside, even though there's a yeah, you kind just, of a screen. You can just look down. It's and translucent, it. and they established that people can see out of them to the world around but them. But even as so, well. they have like hundreds of these 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 prison cells that people are in, and, and they have their stupid virtual reality headsets on, just by way of of. Of just on that that level of people, just by measure of of infinity, eventually someone's going to accidentally knock that panel off and grab it by accident. People would be escaped with that many people locked up, even by accident. People would be escaping left and right because <laughs> she easily was able to just just pop off that panel. Yeah, you think it. you'd at least feel around your cell. This is what I'm talking about. Just a complete failure in every regards. Why? Why would they have like people locked in these little cells? Why would they be able to unlock it from the, the inside? The it's so, like. Who wrote this down? The funniest part about it is that he had to get kind of get into the building to hack into the thing to talk to her to tell her. And it's like, what? So couldn't he have just hacked in and unlocked it himself and then that plot hole would have been not a problem at all? Because he gets into the corporation, yeah. right, to tell her about this. And it's like, why did they write into the story that the lock switch is on the inside? There's no reason for it, and nothing has to change. All they have to do is put the lock switch on the outside, and then when he hacks in, he's talking to her. He says, hey, I'm hacked into the mainframe. I'll unlock it for you right now, and then he unlocks it for her. Like, There's no reason for them to put this in. Yeah. It's like they're purposely writing plot holes into the story for no reason. Intentionally. Intentionally. Right? Intentionally. Yeah. I, I mean, I, if I was writing the script, I would have done that. So, if I was on this team, I'm going to write in a bunch of hilarious plot holes. Yeah. So, maybe, maybe the maybe the scriptwriter is hilarious. <laughs> he might be. He might be. <laughs> with all the so with all the things we're talking about, like this trailer park, you know, the poor world they live in, this corporation that's using people to mine for virtual resources or whatever, uh, it's happening to something. I was thinking about this this morning before we came here. Uh, I feel like they missed. Um, potential opportunities in, in like the background story that's going on in this movie. Like they've built, they've done this, they've done somewhat world building beyond the stupid pop culture references. Yeah. And that, yeah, it's like you have people living in complete poverty and then you have these corporations exploiting them through their interests in the virtual world or whatever. It feels like those would be, would, those are the things that would make for the more compelling story. Like this kid living in, in like these weird slums that like, there's so much of it they have to stack trailers high mm -hmm. to make, you know, uh, like just stacked slums, basically. And yeah, and then you have this rich corporation. There's the story. I don't know what exactly it would be, but like maybe it's like they're exploiting their interest in VR, so it's like the company's becoming super rich. They're like, 
They didn't do any of that in the movie. But there's the story to me. There's the actual, like you actually did some world building there. Uh, it reminded me, I saw uh, just last weekend, I saw that movie. Did you hear about that movie straight out of Compton? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a movie about, it looks so movie about the NWA. Uh, my, my brother had been Racist. bugging me to see it for a while. And I heard it was good or whatever. I, I generally don't care too much about autobiographical, yep. bi- biographical and, and based yeah. on true story story stuff. But I figured I'd watch it. And I'm going to say I don't think the movie was that great. And the simplest way I could put it is that they don't really tell you much about... Uh, the characters. They just tell you it's like, okay, and then they recorded this album and it had the song, uh, they, they, they got annoyed by the cops, so they wrote the song Fuck the Police and that was a big thing that happened. And then they, they did concerts where the cops wanted to stop them. They tell you kind of the bullet points of what they Is did. Is there like a narrator or something? No, but, but you're just shown like kind of the bullet points of what sure. happened, but okay. you don't really show, it's like, okay, so they recorded a song called Fuck the Police, like a bunch of like poor, like, black people living in really shitty communities and whatever, but they don't really show you much about who they are as people and how they came to be like in an environment where they're getting harassed by the cops right. and living in poverty. I remember my brother telling me afterward, like basically the main character in the movie is Easy e the rapper right. or whatever. Uh, he's telling me that, he's like, yeah, he had five kids with five different wives. None of that's in the movie at all. And it's like, well, that's the interesting thing. Like, he had this home life with lots of turmoil that led him to be angry enough to write a song that would intentionally piss off, like, his authorities called Fuck the Police. There's your story. But instead, it's just the bullet points. Then they joined this record label. Then they did that. Ready Player One reminded me of that a little bit. It's like, it doesn't, it's like they have this interesting backstory that they could kind of mine into. He's living in poverty. This corporation's exploiting them. They're more interested in escaping their miserable lives. How's the, the corporation exploiting them? I don't know. This is what I'm saying. It's like they've set up a world where that, that could be a Umbrella. thing. But instead, it's just like, here's a bunch of flashes. And that's shit. why. They had a substance to point to go to, but they ignored all of that just to tell you the details, or in Ready Player One's case, just to flash shiny keys in mm-hmm. front of you. And that's why we should have left and watched 8 Mile instead. Yeah. <laughs> there is a movie that'll cover what you want. Well, well there's a band with wars. Yeah, uh, yeah. A prequel. Well, yeah, when, yeah, we got to see, I can't wait for the corn syrup a shortage, shortage movie uh, <laughs> a spinoff of Ready, for, Ready Player One. Uh, Sticky situations. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's funny, every now and then in this movie, it's just a random thought, like, Simon Simon Pegg's barely in the movie. He's just one of the co-founders of this corporation that made it. He's the Steve Jobs. Um, and every now and then he would show up, but he's only in the movie, I'm going to say, for a grand total of maybe five minutes. But every time I saw him, I like Simon Pegg. I'm not a huge Die Hard fan or anything. But every time he appeared on screen, I just thought, fuck you, Simon Pegg. Being, yeah. being in this shitty movie, you're dead to me. <laughs> just, just, just for being involved in this movie. Yeah. I just, I got, by that point, this was near the end of the movie when I had that thought. Like, I was so grumpy and it was such a miserable affair watching this movie that I just thought, I want nothing to do with anyone involved in this movie from now on. This was a fucking catastrophe. <laughs> this was terrible. Yeah, it sucked. So Steven Spielberg... I know he's directed like a few good movies or whatever, but <laughs> no, he he recently though he so he he actually directed that Indiana Jones movie that came out in like 2008. Yeah. He was involved with Super 8, which is basically just a rehash of ET. He's an executive producer on all the Transformers movies. He's he's involved with all these garbage movies. And is he he's, a baby boomer? He's 
I think he's just. Um, he's, oh, he's got to be over fifty-five, man. Yeah, he probably is. And no he's, wonder he's moving into like just rehashing his old movies and taking part in this garbage. He's moving close to like George Lucas territory to me. Mm. Like he's involved in so much trash, more than more than he is good stuff. I think a lot of. Uh, older big directors kind of are like Quentin Tarantino yeah. has been talking about how like for a couple of years now how he's going to retire after like two more movies or something like that or that he doesn't want to make a movie um, once he can't make it with film he's like I'm not going <laughs> to well, that, that's part of it yeah, but, he, but he also like talked about how he felt like directors were like boxers in that they, they have like a shelf life that mm-hmm. at some point like they just start they just start com- falling apart or whatever and it happens with a lot of these big ones the only one I can mm-hmm. see that's, that's still doing no there's really, two there's at least two yeah well Scorsese, like he's consistently, yeah. like he's 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 close to the grave here. Let's George Miller, man. Uh, we got yeah, yeah, John Carpenter definitely oh, he, hit a wall he hard. Completely hit a wall, and like a yeah. lot of them do. Like like George Lucas. There, there's a bunch of other examples. Yeah, uh, I guess but, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Steven Spielberg. I don't know. Like he does. Oh yeah, I'm just kind of looking at the filmography now. Like the last things, the it's last few years garbage, that he's man. been involved in has been just. Mostly garbage. Men in Black Three, all the Transformers movies, <laughs> yeah, Jurassic, all of them. Jurassic all World. Of them. Uh, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's not a. No. Yeah. So the conclusion is that Spie- Steven Spielberg, you're dead to us. Uh, <laughs> I just felt like the end of walking out of the theater to this. I really thought uh, anyone who enjoys this movie that is not a child. I would say anyone who enjoys this movie that's under the age of, I'm going to say 15, I think is of sub-intelligence. Like, we're talking about how, like, yeah, they can't see the forest through the trees. They're so much more interested in the, the flashy, shiny shit being in front of their face yeah. that they don't even understand why they liked the flashy, shiny shit. Let's take the DeLorean as the example. It's like they're just so happy to see it on screen even though they're completely missing what made... Like, they have no idea what even made it great to begin with. They just think it's mere... Just the sight of it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be borderline retarded. Like, unless Just you're about. a child. If you're a child, it's like, hey, okay, whatever. Anything goes, I don't care. But you're, as soon as you're older than, like, 15, you should, be start, you should be starting to be a little skeptical about people exploiting your interests. Yeah. Like, you have to be really dumb to be impressed by this movie, I think. Yeah, none, none of these references have any actual significance in the movie. It's just like, oh, here's that, here's this. It's not like they go through this quest and realize, oh, we need this special car to be able to do this thing. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I know just, and they, they do this quest and they find the DeLorean who has a special feature they needed. It's like, no, it's just like, oh, there's a DeLorean. Yeah. I remember I that. I think 2004, he did The Terminal. Okay. And that was the last movie that I liked of of his. Terminator. Like he did War of the Worlds, which was which was all right. It was that uh, Indiana was, Jones. I'm looking at it here. He's an executive producer for the remake of True Grit. That's pretty damn good. He did, uh, but Guys. he did he did War don't Horse. I don't, him. Know, I don't know if you ever saw War Horse, but that movie sucked <laughs> no, balls. Didn't. It was super boring. And just like a bunch of yeah, I'm sure there's some stuff in here. A lot sure. of it I just haven't seen either. But it's like Mars of a Geisha. He's been involved in a lot of garbage for like the last. Decade yeah. or two. Well, yeah, you start, you get back to Saving Prime Ryan, 98, and then you start seeing a ton of great movies. It's like, yeah, Hook in there, you got Jurassic Park, oh, Hook's List, awesome. you know, all the Indiana Jones. Yeah, he's got all these, definitely all these really great ones from basically, yes, the 70s and 80s, and then, yeah, actually most of the 90s, and then, but anything, anything after 2000s has been almost garbage entirely. Um, so go kill yourself, Steven Spielberg. Uh, Brady. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this movie made me 
like embarrassed to like any of the things that were referenced. It's yep. like I've talked up a lot about the DeLorean over the years and how much I love it. I think it's the greatest movie car of all time. But seeing it on screen in this movie and just seeing it uh, just thrown around through the mud in this movie, like I was just made me embarrassed. Like, like I feel like I like anything that was referenced in this movie, I feel like I like less after seeing it because I just I don't even want to be associated with the yeah. type of people that are impressed with this flashy shit. Like I just, I, it, it made me feel sick. Like honestly, I look at the DeLorean now and I, I still love it, but now I'm just like, oh, this has just been tarnished now. Like the way, the way people are proselytizing it in a way that completely they don't even un really understand it. Like I don't want to be associated mm -hmm. with those people. And I'm purposely never rewatching this again because if I see, you said there's a camera rewatching. You'd have to pay me like, I'm yeah. going to say 50 bucks at least. And, that and I would have to have nothing to go on in my day. I don't. I don't. That doesn't sound like enough for me. Like I no. need at least a few hundred dollars. And I don't. Yeah. yeah if just, somebody paid me a hundred dollars, like I would be like, uh, I'd rather do something on my own. <laughs> like, uh, like I, I would get more value out of spending yeah, my own time. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I would probably pay fifty dollars to not watch this. Movie. If you had to, <laughs> if like, like we're somebody was force you to watch this movie unless you, have, you know, cough up fifty bucks, I'd be like, well, damn. Like I was just gonna. You know, sit on my computer, listen to music on Facebook. You like, whatever, but I'm, I'll pay fifty bucks as long as I don't have to watch that movie. I'm <laughs> doing the mental. Yeah, I, re I retract my fifty. I'm doing the mental gymnastics right now, and three hundred dollars is not enough money for. I, it would have really? to be four hundred dollars or more. Well, because yeah, to watch like three hundred dollars. Like obviously, it's it's you know I'm not gonna poo-poo on three. Well, okay. Here's the question: Can the I just go time, on my cell phone the whole time? Because <laughs> no, you gotta case, watch it. You have to watch it. Yeah, it'd have to be over three hundred dollars. We're taking your cell phone away. Um, yeah, it'd have to be. Yeah, because three hundred dollars, like not to poo-poo on three hundred dollars, but at the same time, like it's not. <laughs> I gonna, don't want to. It's not gonna make and break. It's not gonna bucks. make and break your life. Like you're not. You're not going into a crippling. Like if a homeless person, sure, that take the three hundred dollars. But like if you have even a minimum wage paying job, it's probably not worth it. Yeah, I mean, four or five hundred dollars, I could start to buy like a keyboard or something <laughs> like with that sort of money. So now I'm like, okay, and now I can actually trade it. But three hundred dollars is like, mm, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. Point to, I'm making. I just don't. You said there was a Gremlins reference, and I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it either. And I don't I want anything tarnishing Gremlins, I man. Heard no, we're not that gonna. There, I heard no. that there was. I just saw it when I was looking through Reddit and seeing how, what what people had to say. It was just people listing off all the references they saw, and some uh, a few people said Gremlins that they saw a Gremlin in the background somewhere. I didn't even want to oh. know where. I didn't see it. And, do you? Um, uh, did you have some lines that you were gonna bring in here, Braden? Uh, I think that yeah, the main one was the uh, yeah we. The bandwidth shortage okay. or yeah, whatever was, the wars. <laughs> yeah, so honestly, I mean, if I had the, the the synopsis on Wikipedia, I read each paragraph and I'm like, I don't remember that. That happened? I don't remember that happening. Like, like I, I literally yeah. don't remember. Yeah. I read it. and Using his knowledge of Rush, he acquires the crystal key. <laughs> and after playing... I don't remember anything. And, what? and after playing <laughs> Discovery, that the third happen. movement from the title track of their album 2012, finds a clue regarding the conditions to unlock the final gate. I don't Dude, know what don't that's remember. talking about. I think about. I took a leak during that. I, I, I don't, know what, I don't know what it's talking about at all. Like I, I'm trying to think back to the movie. I don't remember that happening. I it's, will say, I remember when we, in, in the Saw's Giving episode when we talked about how we got to the fourth and fifth movie and like I hit that moment where my, like I just couldn't even retain information. Yeah. Like it was just, like I was paying attention but like I just, nothing was soaking in because like I just, like my brain had just been zapped for like a half an hour or an hour 
the third act of this act of this movie felt like that. They had mm-hmm. the two keys. They needed to get the third key, but now the third keys in this castle. Apparently, I don't know why they there's know a it's force in a castle. Field. Apparently, it has something to do with Rush, from what you're talking about. But there's it has a, a lot for- to do with Rush. There's this giant force field, and then they're like, I just I had no idea what was going on, and and then it was like back to that what I was talking about before is that complete assault on your senses, and yeah. I was just watching like I just felt like like I wasn't even. A, a, a thing anymore. It wasn't and, even a conscious being. It was just a blob. And this isn't like, after eight or nine hours of watching Saw. No. The movie's only two just, and a half hours long and you're only an hour and a half into that This is about an movie. hour and a half in. Yeah. I was like, I, like, I'm not even a person anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, I don't even know what existence I, is. I specifically remember feeling like that too when we watched <laughs> Saw. Like where I like, I, you just, like when you're just... You're just numb. Yeah, because when you think about when you watch a movie and you watch an adventure, you think of Lord of the Rings or something like that, right? And these guys are all present in their world, right? When you're, when you're doing things in your life, like you're thinking about other things when you're doing those adventures, right? Like you're, maybe you're at work or something. Oh, you're stacking the shelves. You're not just thinking about that. Your mind might wander yes. and go do things. Maybe you go on a hike. Your mind wanders into all these different, in all these different areas. All the different ways you hate baby boomers. Yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. that's happening like, in like my mind. You're, you exist in a lot of different places in once. If I'm spending an hour hiking somewhere or something, like I exist in probably a hundred different places during that hike. Where, where my mind goes like I'm not just focused on hiking mm-hmm. but there's something about like and, and this happened when we watched Saw and it definitely happened yesterday where the only thing that exists is what you're seeing and you don't know what and you're what seeing and what you're seeing is just <laughs> it, like it, it's confusing color, you and, yeah. and, 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 yeah, exactly. and there's nothing else to think about or 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 do and it's it's a like you said it's a, it's like there's not even an awareness that you exist as a person anymore like you're just here and I feel like those people that uh, that and it's not and, just being immersed. I feel it's like those people that. that try and meditate and and just completely shut down their consciousness. <laughs> they just need to watch this movie for about an hour because I mean, like I really remember when that crazy battle scene was happening on the final castle or whatever. I was like, I, I don't know what's going on. I can't retain any of the information. It's assault on my senses. I'm. I, uh, am I even like am I human? Like what is like I have like I'm am just, I in the VR world <laughs> right <have> now? No. <laughs> Like, I'm not even a human being anymore after yeah. watching this movie. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, so if I could find a synopsis that reminded me of things I saw, we could probably talk for another <laughs> two or three hours of, of terrible lines and references and mom's sisters. And what it, like, it was just a constant stream of hilarious things that made no sense and contradicted itself. I don't even know if we've covered the main conflict, but I, no, there I don't were, know what else. Man, to, uh, when I, I started, I don't know, man. we got to wrap it up here. When I started I'm, jotting down some notes for this, this podcast, I was like, man, and there's just this is just nonstop. There's like a mm-hmm. billion different, seemingly little nitpicky things, but they're just so bad and noteworthy. Like just a constant barrage of failures to talk about. Yeah, we've probably missed quite a bit. Here's one: when Artemis, I think that's the 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 girl, that's the, the love interest, and it, and it has a three A R T three M I S Artemis, and that's what it says in the Wikipedia too. Like they didn't correct that. Uh, when Artemis finds the jade key, I think is that the second key or the first key? Oh, no, I, no. Parzival, who is like the guy, the main character's name, scrambles the planet Arcade, where he plays the perfect game of Pac-Man, receiving only a quarter as a prize. This happened? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm reading all these plot synopsis points. I'm like, what are you talking? I don't remember that at all. I remember there being a quarter at some point, but that I- didn't happen, man. Dude, this, no is, this is this. Is that this from is the this, book? This is not the synopsis. The movie? This is the synopsis, man. You're lying. Oh man. It's from the movie or the book? 
I can't tell anymore. That's <laughs> the book. You yeah, screwed up. That's the book. <laughs> <laughs> I would have believed it, though, if you started yeah, well, telling me. I'm going to get to the movie. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those times, again, like when, we, when World War Z came out, I remember reading through all the reviews, and I was like, what movie are they describing? Because I didn't watch <laughs> yeah. the same movie they're talking about, because the movie I saw sucked. Well... Did we, Honestly, did what we accidentally, the- <laughs> like, we, like, whatever movie we saw, they were actually using, like, a film projector, and they accidentally put, like, like several film, like, film frames over top of one each other at the same time, <laughs> so none yeah. of it, it was all just a garbled mess or something, like, I, yeah, I, I can't even it's, begin yeah. to describe how much I hate this fucking movie, like, I, I, every, every fucking frame of it was just... Uh, it's like yeah, the a movie the tragedy for me. The movie synopsis, I can recognize a lot more things. <laughs> That's that, why that happened. Yeah, earlier you're like, dude, I read it. I don't, I don't remember anything <laughs> yeah, this, from it. What's going on here? It's like, yeah, I'm totally. Makes uh, a little more sense. Yeah, yeah. We should have just kept it like that. <laughs> yeah. Let, we'll edit let this the out. listeners figure it out. Okay, it'll I'm be done. an Easter egg for yeah, the, I'm, I'm almost as tired wanna, as when I was watching that movie. I want to forget about this movie for the rest of my fucking life. I never want to think about it for another second. See ya. Reference to time. <laughs> reference to uh, saying bye to uh, people. Yeah, reference to podcasts. Uh, <laughs> reference to re- uh, referencing things. And he just wants to go home. All right, so here, long, here's, losers. Here's I'm the reference out of here. to the theme song for this podcast. <laughs> reference. <laughs>